0: Fancy a
1: finger? Oh! <laughs> oh! 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 Yes, I do. Um, oh, 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 oh. What uh, those what? at home cannot see is I
0: just threw on a packet of Cadbury's, packet of fingers, Cadbury's fingers. Cadbury's fingers. For Mattathias' very eyes. Cadbury's fingers. The fingers of the butler from Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> God. Ew. It's surgically um, removed and cleaned, ready for consumption. They're not sponsoring us, but
1: if they'd like to, please fucking do. I like your chocolate so
0: there mm, is that I'm not sure the about the business, business practices
1: well that that's true from an
0: ethics standpoint that's I true but from a financial standpoint I have no ethics
1: <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a finger
0: I love a finger go on slip that in your mouth and introduce yourself
1: ladies and gentlemen my name is Jonathan
0: my name is Matthew I've got a finger in my mouth Watson and it feels good.
1: No, 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 no. You're listening to Big Damn Cast, episode 136, because... One, three, six. You know, someone's got to count. We Um, just can't stop ourselves. (laughs) Literally. It's an addiction. Mm. Much like Cadbury's fingers. They're not sponsoring us, but I hope they do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got a plethora of things to talk about. You may have noticed from the picture and the title of this that we're finally getting round to following up on something y'all have requested Um, ever since we did our top ten classic Doctor Who episodes episode. Um, last autumn yep so we're getting round to it don't ye worry the two people who lifelong Doctor Who fans reluctantly talking about Doctor Who are going to do <laughs> it so much that it's the title of the goddamn episode biscuits but we've also got some news pop culture nonsense and your emails to contend with yep. so ladies and gentlemen what are we
0: waiting for death <laughs> me, <sir. laughs> the, the uh, inevitable entropic heat death of the universe um, but <laughs> before then <Yeah. laughs> I've got a little I've got a little pallet a little palette of DC TV and movie news for you, Cocker. What the Some of which heck? you will definitely know. Some All of right. which you may not know. What? First off, the biggest one, of course, the um, the Suicide Squad sequel slash spin-off yeah, I think slash that, I think Harley Refi- Quinn vehicle. They're, they're officially referring to it as a spin-off. Yes.
1: Because I, I, um, I think what they're doing here is they're just going to do a series of films where Harley's in them. Yes. So eventually they can be like, Here's a series of of Harley
0: films. Yeah. Why, why not? Why not? I can't wait for them to actually have Harley um, Quinn in them, though. <laughs> That's going to be great. Well, we did get our first look at Birds of Prey. It's now filming. Mm. To give it its full title, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, mm. which is obviously going to feature a breaking free of the Joker character, which I think is good for that character. Um, so it, I'm looking forward because, to seeing that.
1: As a fan of the more recent... And by more recent, I mean, as of a couple of years ago, I've not caught up for a couple of years. Iteration mm. of Harley Quinn and her going off on her own solo adventures. I genuinely do like that stuff. She's basically female Deadpool, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm. Um, I'm not saying she's Lady Deadpool. That would confuse things. But the point is... Or even Gwenpool. Or even Gwenpool. Who I'm really starting to like. She's she's the, the tutorial-y slash tells-you-stuff character in LEGO Marvel Superheroes 2. And I'm like, God damn it, you're winning me over. Oh, that's neat. Gwenpool's winning me over. Mm. Um I've not read any Gwenpool, so I've no idea what she's like. I'm going to have to dip in. It's one of those where, like, if you want the collected Gwenpool, you've got to buy several different comic book series where she pops up in them. And, yeah. And then the occasional thing is. But I do like the fact that Harley kind of became her own thing. Mm-hmm. Wacky adventures, Looney Tunes with violence. And it was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. It's a shame that the movie universe isn't going to explore the period where we all fell in love with Harley at all. Mm. Like, her as a, as a villain who... Like, at first, you know, we're kind of like, yeah, she's the Joker's psychic and she's freaking great! And look at her! Oh my yeah. god, she teams up with Poison Ivy. This is wonderful! Hang on, is that a hint that something horrible's happening like in their relationship behind the scenes? Okay, that, hmm. huh. and that's where we all fell in love with her. And then we got sucked in and we became invested in, in, in her life and her character. And that's when we all started to really root for this character, because we are like, girl, get out of there. Get
0: out of that relationship. Or,
1: girl... You need to start smacking him back. Well, You're both bad guys, and like we would be finding you it, beating the shit out of the Joker.
0: It seems. Blah, blah, blah. It seems like we're going to go that route with this film, at least. Hence, mm. the, hence the title. Okay. Um, so I mean, hopefully, they don't skim over it too much, because again, not to make light of abuse, because of
1: course not. But these are these are Looney Tunes. These are cartoon characters. Yeah. You can, and they're, they're super villains in a hyper stylized, hyper re- realistic, yeah, um, world. Absolutely. So it would be cool to see some Harley and Joker and
0: Harley versus Joker kind of thing. Um, I would pay good money to see Margot Robbie kick Jared Leto's ass. Because hmm. um, the thing about Harley, she's so
1: endearing. We talked about this in the very, the very first, first episode, episode of Big Damn Cast, which was called The Problem with Harley Quinn. I'll mm. um, give it its full title, Birds of Prey. <laughs> and the fantabulous <laughs> problem with Harley Quinn. Um, is that... Harley's compelling because she's tragic, yes. But she's also a great Batman villain in her own right, and you can tell so many different kinds of stories with her. Mm. Yeah, true. Some very empowering, some really upsetting, and some that are just flat out supervillain superhero like antics. Like you could do so many things with her, uh, and I hope the films don't the films not skip over that. Cause Suicide Squad kind of did. Like in Suicide Squad, there was no indication yeah. that their relationship was an abusive one, aside from her, quote-unquote, origin story in the film. Yeah. Well, yeah, very I think that tortured. was a pretty big in, 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 in Oh, indication. yeah, but, but but then when they show them, like, on the town and as criminal, like, they're having a ball, and, and his entire thing of her is that he's infatuated with her and he misses her, which is very un-joker yeah, what we see them in every other medium. So it's like, you know... It, I hope they do skim over some of these compelling things, but at the same time, if they go in the wrong direction, fine, whatever. You're talking to a guy who hates Suicide Squad, but kind of dug her look.
0: Uh, speaking of looks, have you seen the, uh, the, the picture that Margot Robbie tweeted out? Of her blowing a kiss to camera, like yeah. parting lips. I yeah. really prefer this costume over the Daddy's Little Monster stuff. It's just... Fair dude It just looks more... It looks more like she's dressed herself for fun, rather than she's been dressed by... Uh, David Ayer's Costume David Department? David Ayer's Costume Department, yeah.
1: Hmm. I mean, I, I I do hope to see... Because, again, something I did like about that one is at least it hinted at the blue-red, red and black kind of thing. I do hope we yes we get to see some of her colour scheme in there. Um, I can see
0: her getting away from that, though, if she's getting away from the Oh, like oh
1: sure. But, but, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I still want to see at least a sequence where she's in the black and red. Because we, we, yeah. we see a little flash in the montage in Suicide Squad of, of a homage to the Alex Ross painting of them dancing. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't look great in that shot, but I think that's also because we're looking at tattooed, like,
0: Lil yeah. Wayne Joker. But I, I, <laughs> like, we're looking
1: at Lil Wayne Joker I also think with his grill and his, his
0: tats and everything in a tux, and it just doesn't look right. It might not be something that translates well to film, so maybe it's for the best. Uh, but we do get the very, very, very briefest of, of looks in oh. this tri- in this little mm-hmm. teaser at um, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winston's mm-hmm. Huntress, um, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask, who is um, conspicuously not wearing a black mask. But shades um, in one shot. Yes, yeah, true. So, um,
1: they're like the eye holes of a skull, so that's the black mask. He better have a
0: fucking black skull mask on before the end of the movie. Yeah, I think he probably will. Um, June Smollett Bell's Black Canary. Okay. Um, Rosie Perez's Rene Montoya, uh, Chris is Victor Zaz, and... Oh, is that who he's playing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and E.J. Basco's Cassandra Kane. a.k.a. Orphan, a.k.a.
1: One Batgirl. Bat yeah,
0: <laughs> one of the Batgirls. The one who
1: looks like... The mystery of the Batwoman, Batwoman. Hmm. With the blank mask. and the... the No Man's Land Batgirl. Yeah. yeah. That's where she's first introduced, isn't it, I think? Yes. Well, yeah, because um, she gets her own minis and they don't explore the character
0: in full. It's no. so, all like from other people's POV. It's like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, oh, isn't Huntress running around as Batgirl for a bit in No Man's Land?
1: Yes. There's oh, God, yeah. I mean, I've. I mean, you can see behind me, I've got most
0: of it. I've read the... And I'm so confused by a lot of it. I've read the first volume and a half and I gave up during the second volume because I'm like, oh, this is I just shit. started skipping... The Asriel and the
1: Nightwing stuff. I don't even mind the Asriel stuff so much. It's just not good. A lot of it is just not good. It's all making you wait for the Joker and Harley stuff toward the end. Where it suddenly gets dramatic and, and scary again. Maybe I'll Maybe give it, it another with the go.
0: Sarah Essence stuff. Maybe I'll give it another go. It's just... Yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it to wade through. Um, it takes a lot to cross no man's land. Um, hey. So Aquaman's now the highest grossing DC movie <laughs> of all time. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, that's I—I'm filled with such weird joy. I know that right? thought. It's a terrible movie, but my God, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was terrible. Oh, when you hold it up to the others in their canon currently, it's—it's it's definitely second. In I rep- mean, if you look at the DCEU, it's definitely the second best of the films.
0: I mean, Venom's terrible. Like, yeah, Batman v Superman is terrible. Um. Aquaman's just. Batman v Superman's insulting. Superman's fine. It's okay. I mean, he's he's, he's got problems. Redheads, am I right? What does that mean?
1: (laughs) Why why is that in the line at this moment? I don't know. What does this tell us about your character? I don't know. Doesn't matter. There's no journey in it. It's so annoying, but again, as we said the other week. It is so much fun. It's so much fun. That like, it is so much fun. Um, the film
0: wins you over by sheer force of personality. Well, I say force of personality. Amount <laughs> of personality. Yes. Yeah, it's, yes. it's there's a lot of it.
1: There are there are comic book movies that rely on being more ridiculous and owning it yeah. in recent years that do it so much better. A good chunk of the MCU does it and yeah. it's completely fine and happy with it. You look at the Ant Man movies, look at the Guardians films, like they yeah. own their Bonkers like elements. Aquaman's like, a little, yeah. a little messier. Than Wonder Woman, your does. MCU offerings, but it does. Wonder, say, Wonder yeah, Woman does offers some of it? the far fetched elements. Yeah. Uh, it uh, yeah. Owns up because you have like Chris Pine going like, so "Wait, you're all ladies and you all do this." and They're, and they're just like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, no, <laughs> you just yeah. accept it. That's fine." That's okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, well done." That's well, how you should do this. Don't skirt around it. Don't get. Don't have everyone dressed in black leather and get their names no, in the media no, 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 and
0: all no. this shit. Like, own it. Own it. Octopus playing the drums. Own it. But, of course, with it being so successful, a sequel's been ordered, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers are already approaching James Wan for a sequel. James Wan, on the other hand, has said, uh, I'm still waiting for the right script. So, non-committal." Mm. but I would bank on it that James Wan is going to make another Aquaman. And if, if not director, I guarantee he'll be... He'll be available producer. He'll come up sort. with the yeah, story,
1: because yeah. he'll want to steer it in the right direction. Yeah. And he'll exit produce it. That's so, um,
0: so, that... The future is bright for the DCEU for once. Yeah. Um, well, because we've also got Patty well, Jenkins talking about already wanting to do a Wonder Woman 3. Cause Cause they've, they've, filmed, they've finished it. It's yeah. all
1: wrapped and, and they're still working and just, on they post. just had to move it
0: around in the schedule. so and it's coming out next out. year instead of this year. Yes. Um, which
1: sucks, because I'd want to see that. But, but she's or at least a about... teaser trailer to give me a
0: hint of what Kristen Wigg's going to be like. Yes. and stuff. Yes, I'm intrigued by that. But she's still already talking about Wonder Woman 3, which again has not been confirmed yet. But she's... Pushing for a present day set Wonder Woman three,
1: I'd be down with that Um, because then her trilogy will be set in World War One, the
0: eighties, and then the twenty twenties. Like that would be great. It's a nice, it's just a nice spacing. Um, so she's looking at uh, looking at scripts for that for the the moment. Yeah. Oh, so some have already been written or like discussions. I think yeah, she's working out. Um, So, but that's not not confirmed, but probably going probably going to happen. Probably gonna Wonder Woman Three. I want Wonder Woman um, Three and I
1: want Patty Jenkins to direct it. So she can go, Hey everybody, here's my trilogy. Yeah. Boom, mic drop.
0: Uh, so also... then Galgado
1: step down and go, Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's okay. the trilogy. That's... Bye. We're done. We're done. And then everyone goes, Hey, do you remember that time when there were three amazing Wonder Woman movies? Uh, That's all I want. That's all I want. I want Wonder lovely. Woman to be up there with Superman Batman and Spider Man as oh my god, they did that trilogy. Do you remember?
0: It was so good. It was yeah. Because she deserves yeah. it. She's freaking Diana. Pr- of the mascara. With the mascara. Um We've also got... Uh, so, yeah, she was also asked about um, future team-up movies. Whether um, Patty Jenkins would want to do a uh, Justice League. okay. Uh, to which she responded, well, it's not really my thing. I prefer solo stuff. That mo- Those movies can be great when they're done well, but I'm more interested in seeing an Aquaman 2 or a Flash or a, you know, doing another Wonder Woman. So Fair enough. I don't think there are any plans for a proper Justice League follow-up.
1: Kevin Smith revealed Probably. this week on Fat Man Beyond that he spoke with a lot of the team at Pinewood when he was doing a set visit for Star Wars, which JJ J., uh, J. J. Abrams has politely told him to stop mentioning. Yeah. Uh, even Something though it's it. known that it was filming at Pinewood and everything. Um, but he uh, he said he chatted to some of the effects guys, and a lot of the effects guys that were working on Star Wars Episode 9 worked on Justice League because oh, Justice okay. League did a chunk of filming at Pinewood. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, in that building somewhere, and, the, and I'm guessing the employees were like, "Fuck it, we'll talk about this because this version of the movie didn't happen, so whatever." Um, there are storyboards and character concepts by Jim Lee Fuck. for an ov- the overarching story of Justice League one, two, and three. Because originally, Fuck. what we what we've always known is what the, was first announced. It was going to be two movies, it's shoot, part one and yeah, part two, shot back to back. And yeah, it was it was part bounty. one, two, and three originally.
0: Wow. Before they settled on part one and two. They were banking. They were banking on that movie being successful.
1: Film one would have ended with Steppenwolf's defeat and a boom tube opening up of and Darkseid arriving to like collect everything up and all all the stuff they'd found. Okay. And they have a brief tussle with him and learn about him and like, the fuck. Part two would have been them um taking the fight to outer space to try and find Darkseid's fleet or at least his other like, you know, um, the rest of it is like cabal or what whatever to to prevent it as much as they could. Not happy
0: where you bring the Green Lanterns
1: in, and yeah, in fact, oh, I can't I and And part three was them returning to Earth f- fruitless to find find it in the state it was in the nightmare in BBS, uh... complete with Superman corrupted, and that would have been film three, and 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 the idea of apocalypse and Earth merging together. Hmm, and
0: it's like you know what? Just on paper, I'm like, I'd love to see that. That'd be really, really cool. Question being, though, if Superman's going into space, if not, if Superman's not going to, into space, who is? All, oh. but not Superman.
1: We're talking Watchtower sort of level shit. Superman, so the Superman, only Superman alien will... is the one who isn't going into space. Superman wouldn't have joined the final fight, in part one. He would have been resurrected. Oh, right, 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 right. Back. Okay. Um. So but here's the all thing right, all right. they shot Green Lantern stuff for the film we saw yes specifically do you remember the trailer scene yes thank Jeremy Irons as Alpha, thank goodness you're here we'd lost hope or whatever it is mm. and we all think oh my god it's Superman and then that scene never happened It was supposed to be a Green Lantern yeah they shot it several times um, got that shot several times one shot of which was using intense high green lighting and they were doing it in different mm. stages to see if it looked good or if they were going to do it in post
0: because <laughs> the plan was it was going to be a Green Lantern but we never got any casting announcement or even rumours did
1: we really no oh, no no we wouldn't have we wouldn't have met the Green Lantern in part one we would have met them
0: in part two bold yeah and ultimately foolish yeah <laughs> Um. so yeah <laughs> I don't think we're going to get any Manchester League any time soon but she's oh, cool. just around the corner Wonder Woman 1984 is looking promising from what we know of it. I mean, noticed they've started referring to it more as,
1: um, Wonder Woman Two in any mm. statements they're making, so I think they're, I think they're planning on changing the
0: title, which is fair enough. It is a bit of a weird title, um, but I, I give Patty Jenkins a Wonder Woman Three. Yeah, why not? It's not a euphemism. I give, her, I give her two more films. <laughs> it's careful now. I give her two more films off the strength of Wonder Woman alone. Yeah, like, oh, regardless God. of whether two is a good. Fuck one.
1: that. I give her a Wonder Woman Two and another DC property It'd be like, here you go, tell the story. Like, take your pick. Which
0: other DC character do you want to do a film on, Patty? Go for it. Go for it. You think they should give her The Flash. Yeah.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: I mean, they've already offered it to everyone else. It makes sense.
1: Look, but look at look at that beautiful level of optimism and adventurous yeah. spirit that Wonder Woman had. That'd be good for Something Flash. that fits The Flash.
0: Yeah.
1: And Ezra Miller, while he's a hot ticket, like, get to work on it. Be like, right, Ezra. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's cuz they it could work. do that and make him a megastar but... Don't make it Flashpoint. Just make it a straightforward simple Flash-style adventure. Mm-hmm. Chuck in someone cla- Don't don't give us another speedster. Chuck in someone no. classic. Have like Gorilla Grodd or Captain Cold be the villain. Like Captain something like Cold. that. Have um, it be fun. Have it be about his Mirror look. Master. Have it be about his relationship. Have it be about the fucking yeah, Mirror Master <laughs> even. The, the ballad, of Barry, uh, ballad of Barry Allen, that song by mm. um, I've got it on my phone. It's the guys who did um, uh, uh, oh, God. I'll hang on. I'll it up. I've got it on my phone. It's they going to take two seconds. Jim's Big Ego. Yeah, they did, oh, just, yeah, right, they did stress. Addicted to stress. That's the way that I get things done. They did <atique> uh, a song called The Ballad of Barry <mumbles> <oat Caribbean> <Python> Allen, which is basically about how it's difficult to exist when you feel like everyone else around you, even though they can't help it, is going at a crawl. <source> yes. And it's like, tell that story. Yes, please. Like, tell the story of how he deals with being the Flash. Like, yeah. and deal with it on a more fantastical level than the, than the CW series the CW series is the superhero life balancing thing yes in this version make it be about what happens like so they touch on it with Quicksilver in the X-Men films what happens when like you feel like you're not moving anywhere you feel like you're being held back by everyone even though they can't help it yeah and life just you were thinking That's a million an miles an hour it, yeah. that would be a character piece and it would be phenomenal and Patty Jenkins would do it so much justice League like,
0: very nice. Ah! Very nice. Ah, ah, ah. Um, but that's not all for DC, because that's, ah, ah, ah. that's, that's their movie stuff. But they also got a lot of TV God, stuff going on. Su- with such Marvel shills. Such Marvel shills. We're the
1: biggest um, shills So Marvel. Titans has
0: hit Netflix. I've not watched it yet. <laughs> I've <laughs> I watched a series uh, a series dissection.
1: I've heard some <laughs> pretty good things about it. <laughs> um, I'm three episodes Ooh. into Punisher, so when I'm done with Punisher, Ooh. I'm going to start on <laughs> Titans, I think. Oh,
0: um, if you're
1: looking forward to watching a show about... Um, what's it? Uh, angry Dick Grayson. Oh, and his superpowered chums. Apparently, that's kind of the extent. I mean, of the tone I, I of it don't all.
0: hate the. I don't hate the idea. <laughs> um, it <laughs> looks from what I've seen. From what I've seen of it since that initial trailer, it, it it looks like it might tonally be a bit closer to what I'm interested in than it was in that initial trailer. But we'll see. Um, Do you know who the main series antagonist is? Because that made me go, "Huh." It's. um... Fucking. So could you just uh, lean that forward a little bit. Oh yes, yeah,
1: sure. just fall over. There we go. Uh,
0: no, who is it? I, do you, you want to know? I have, I have been told, but you've only seen once. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Than, uh, Trigon Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But
1: right. it doesn't, it doesn't delve into the supernatural horror stuff too much until no. the end of the series. But with Raven, you kind of have to. You have to go that yeah. direction.
0: So yeah, yeah. do well, Raven, it's right? sort of an element of she's on the run from. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got that from, from the phone. trailers. Like, yeah. is, like Raven being on the run is is the is the thing. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna check out Titans at some point. Okay, I'll be um, interested. I'll be
1: interested in your thoughts. Cause from what I know of it, I think there's, I think there's stuff that you'll go, yeah, but I think there's stuff where you'll go, oh, fucking wasted
0: opportunity. So I'm, I'm hoping on, there's more I'm of former than the, form of the latter, though. Yeah, hopefully. I'm expecting to be <clears throat> and it Excellent. ends on a cliffhanger, so well, yeah. well, we'll definitely get a second teaser, but we'll talk <laughs> to in a sec. Um, oh, and
1: the um, and the Doom, uh, Doom Patrol
0: uh, show up in it. Yes, which brings me to my next point. There's a little teaser out there for Brendan Fraser's uh, Robot, Robot Man. Man. <laughs> uh and it's again it's a the it tiniest sure looks of like Happy
1: megabyte from reboot have you seen this <laughs> megabyte
0: was a happy chap. have you seen this tiny little teaser
1: let have a, little a look. tiny
0: little sneak peek of uh of cliff steel in the uh and the thing in the in doom patrol
1: a human brain trapped within a metallic body yes robot man struggles to regain his humanity hopefully i'll see you, you. don't Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay, so those that's, who don't know that's the story, odd. that's yes, really
1: odd. It's but odd,
0: but that series looks odd. Like you, you, you see the one they put out around Christmas. With the oh, the announcement the teaser! Photo. It's
1: them like yeah standing yeah. in a line and that looking was, really uncomfortable as a picture's taken of. That was quite fun. um I get a sense and, we're going to see quite a bit of human brendan Fraser as well. Like, he's uh, not, he's not I would imagine lending, you see some He's not as just as well. lending his voice and shooting a scene. Like yeah. we're going to see quite a few scenes.
0: Um Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Robert Mann is, uh, he is former racing driver Robert Mann. No,
1: different character altogether. Robot. Robert Mann is a man bitten by a radioactive man called Robert. Yes. Who isn't a Robert himself, but starts to uh, sort of show off and has the 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 abilities of a Robert. Robert. Yeah, Yeah, of a genetically enhanced Um. Robert. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell.
0: So Robert Mann is a racing driver. Cliff Steele is in a uh, horrifying accident and is essentially killed. But he, his brain is saved and put into a robot body. Who, uh, in the comics, is actually created by uh, Professor Mag Will Magnus, who is the also the creator of the Metal Men.
1: Yes, I was going to say like um, I, I'm i picturing him surrounded
0: by several multicolored metallic individuals Yes, uh, who are rubbish, <laughs> like, like one of those DC Comics uh, proper uh, like teams characters. I've been like. <laughs>
1: What? Who's the red one with like the needly nose?
0: Oh, um, t- 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 like Summit Summit, um, because he he was the Zinc. last
1: in the last ever um DC because they have stopped doing him now the DC collectibles DC universe figures. Yeah. Um, the last like big wave was a builder figure wave for a Bane like a Nightfall Bane who was really chunky. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was a really great Bane figure, and you know like Robin was one of the figures in the wave and stuff, but like that guy was the peg warmer. Yes. To the point where you imagine a bunch of people were probably just stealing the part from the figure because they're like, we don't want him. Believe that. It's so straight. there was like hundreds of him in the Planet at one point. This is like six, seven years ago. It was Ooh. just like, oh God. Nobody um, wants this weird little metal man. Nobody wants this weird little metal man, dirty oh. little bugger. even though he's got pain's leg, like,
0: nobody fucking wants him. <laughs> Apparently Barry Seinfeld is in talks with Warner Brothers to do a Metal Men movie. I wouldn't hate that. Sonnenfeld makes some really
1: interesting stuff. Most recently, Lemony Snickets is a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Um, he brought us men in black, so, you know. <clears throat> there are ways to tell these stories. He's lead,
0: I think, <laughs> is the red one.
1: He's like a needly, weedly little dude with a the, the, Yeah, gold,
0: gold, lead, iron... Everyone, everyone, everyone who
1: doesn't know these characters is like, "No, it You're just mercury. listing metals. No, Th- it's mercury. Men.
0: It's mercury. They're men made of metal. Because platinum's the girl one,
1: <laughs> and you can tell they were created in the uh, the earlier days of comics because yeah. one of them's main trait is they're the girl one. Sixty-two
0: Silver Age, there you prime go. Silver Age time. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we've got she's a little... the girl one. We've got a little bit of um, a <laughs> Doom Patrol." um and we've also again like i said before we are getting a second series of titans because some casting calls have gone out for it
1: oh snap wiggles
0: casting calls for deathstroke ravager oh and jericho
1: okay deathstroke felt
0: inevitable that so they were going to get around to that at some time Titan- t- t- to also probably indicates they've kind of given up on doing deathstroke in the dc movies
1: I don't know. Anytime I mean,
0: soon, anyway.
1: The finale of Titans Without Giving Too Much Away does feature some prominent characters that they normally hold back on. Yes. Albeit not of in full blown dialogue. Of course. But yeah, they're yeah. there on screen. So yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah, I do remember I think that, the yes. DC app's taking a bit more liberties than it allows its other other media. So it's possible that they're not putting Deathstroke on the backbench for the movies as of yet. But mm. you never know. Cause, yeah, because this will be the third live action Deathstroke in five years. If, the Arrowverse version and everything and Joe Manganiello's cameo at the end credits of Justice League yeah. set up for a film that's never going to fucking happen never going to happen oh god we should start a league of our own
2: ho oh, oh, ho oh,
1: oh, ho oh. oh, ho 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 I'm Lex Luger ho oh, oh. ho
0: but Zack Snyder's coming back to the DC universe no to movies oh oh good that's good um, not a fan of his work but, but that's good he's back on the whole I'm fan of some of his work is back on the Atlantic horse. I
1: I think 300 stylized. Um, uh, Day of the Dead remake is pretty damn
0: solid. He has revealed... <gasps> his penis. ...that he... <clears> it's... it's ne- not, Netflix have not, lifted this off Warner Brothers. Oh. So Warner Brothers have passed the project on to, uh, to Netflix for a, uh, a rumoured $90 million. Fudge. It's got to be a big IP then, right? Nope. Oh. Army of the Dead oh Um, it's a follow on of of the Dead series I doubt it it is apparently set amid a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas during which a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted
1: why are you pulling off a heist in the zombie apocalypse?
0: Um, what
1: could money possibly buy you? This is, in the
0: zombie apocalypse. But this is um this is what? from this is from the, an interview with the Hollywood reporter. Priorities. The, the Hollywood reporter got the uh, exclusive on on this and uh, Zy- Snyder says there are no handcuffs on me at all with this one which is an interesting phrase to use. Mm. Um, I thought this was a good palate cleanser to really dig in with both hands and make something fun and epic and crazy and bonkers in the best possible way.
2: <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, well, apparently he still loves the comic book movies of his past, but he's excited about going back to his dead, Dawn of the Dead roots. Oh, is so that says, same kind of confirming that he's not yeah. involved with the DC work from now on? He says, I love to honour canon and the works of art. Okay, uh, but this is the, I'm just gonna leave that one alone. But okay. this is the opportunity to, to find a purely joyful way to express myself through a genre. It will be the most kick-ass, self-aware, but not in a wink to the camera way, balls to the wall, zombie freak show that anyone has ever seen. No one's ever let me completely loose like this. Yeah, it's gonna be terrible, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen Sucker Punch, Zach.
1: Yeah, uh, that, people that...
0: have let you completely loose before. It was called Sucker Punch, and it. Fucking sucked. Zack Snyder would make a fantastic director of photography. Well, actually, he also says in that same interview... Just, with just the Colin, do that, reporter, Zack.
1: Don't direct films. Be the director of photography. Like, Be the guy who
0: establishes the colour, the he, shot setups, the visual side exclusively. He also told the Hollywood Reporter that he spent the last few years reconnecting with photography, noting his last few films had been of such scope they'd pushed him away from the camera. Maybe just DP it, Zach. Just DP it. Just DP now. Just be DP. You'd be an amazing DP. One yeah. thing you one thing
1: you do uniquely and very much with your own voice and one that works a lot of the time is your visuals. Mm. Your storytelling is what shit. So like, focus on just the visuals, Zach. Oh
0: god. Yeah. So that's happening. <laughs> Zach is coming back to movies. Um uh, so you mean, know... Yay
1: but for him and yay for people who enjoy his stuff, but also Everything he's just said makes me think, no, maybe Yeah. Maybe maybe go and do another thing now, yeah. please. Um then again, I don't have to watch Army of the Dead. Well, very true. <laughs> so that, it's idea. on Netflix, so it's even
0: less likely to to, to come up. But yeah, well we should Round up some Netflix stuff and and do like so go over some Netflix originals. There's some stuff on there I'm I'm quite intriguing to watch.
1: We should do a, a Romero of the Dead marathon. Mm, yes.
0: Brains. No, that's Return of the Living Dead, which is not his. No. Yeah. Return There's of the Living whole... Dead is
1: the one with the the charred up corpse, the zombie, the right skeleton face. Yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Oh god. And yeah. send more paramedics. So which which ones the official Romero ones in that series? Uh, then? Night of the Living Dead, which I've got. Day Which of the Dead. Uh, Land of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Day of the Dead. Yeah.
0: And then he goes off on one.
1: And then he goes off and makes them with the other studios. Yeah. And... Uh, Land of the Dead. Like, um... Diary of the Diary Dead. Diary of the Dead. Survival the... of
0: the Dead, I want to say.
1: Because, like, three of them are in, like, the last ten years, aren't yeah,
0: they? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was chugging away on them in his later years.
1: Um... <clears throat> I suppose it's because smaller budget studios are like, we'd fucking love to work with you. Yeah. It's like, great, I've got a story, let's do
0: it. Um, let me just double check what the night of the Living Dead because it's also Night of the Living Dead has been remade and recut and re-released. Is that because yeah. basically the whole thing of Return of the Living Dead came from one of the producers on Night of the Living Dead retained some of the rights. So
1: the MGM Child's
0: Play thing, yeah, it, so... it's the
1: it's the it's the uh, Never Say Never,
0: yeah, um, of of the uh,
1: of, of of zombie films. So he went off and made like yeah, this technically is a sequel, but it's got nothing to do with the rest of it and the creative force behind it has fuck all
0: to do with it. But it's a sequel, guys. So he went off and made Return of the Living Dead and spawned that whole thing, although that first Return of the Living Dead movie is fucking great. (laughs) It's really good. Um, And then that spawned its own set of things and then Romero went off and made his own sequels, which became what we know now. But that original... um, that original, uh, what's his name? Producer, yeah. then went off and did like the recolorized version. Um, One that had... Oh, yeah, a... they re-released
1: Night of the Living Dead in color, didn't they? It was like, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Why? Um... It's so much
1: more effective because of the fact that it's black and white. It makes it even more kind of um, adds a level of eeriness to it. That, yes. uh, that time has afforded
0: it. And, and
1: you know, it, it's, it's great because of that.
0: Yes. Um, and all that bullshit. But then, yeah, Romero went off and did night, the, his his films, his sort of sequel films, which, are like, oh uh, yeah, that was all of them. Night, night, of the, night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. With those last two being, pro, I think they were, like, tangentially related. Yeah, Diary of the um, Dead was found footage as well. Yeah, if I yeah, yeah.
1: Because everyone was like, really? He's doing what? He's just jumping on the trend? Because it was like, what, 2007, something like that?
0: 2005 was Land of the Dead. Yeah, and that was sort of riding the new wave of horror, and that's when the zombies came back into the mainstream <laughs> really, uh, in a really bad way. And it started to Resident disip- Evil,
1: and, and also in part due to the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yes, the Zack Snyder movie Speaking bringing it Re- all back together.
0: Speaking of Resident Evil, apparently the Resident Evil Two remake is fucking brilliant. I've seen, so yeah. I think I might crack open the because um, I've got the Resident Evil One remake. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, um, I was on I was PS Plus about a year or so ago, ago. It? and I've been trying to play the original PlayStation version, but it's I got quite far into it actually, but it's just. It's, those it's screens, really hard. Man. It's really hard to go back to those games. It's not even the low yeah. screens. It's just the oh, if you if you want to if you want to dip clunky. into it, if you want to dip into it, you can borrow my Resi Two downstairs. I've got I've got digital versions of all the PS One Resis. Oh, okay, good. So yeah, I've yeah. got I've got Resi Director's Cut and Resi Two and Resi Three. Okay, um, but I haven't. Actually, it's I've, tough. I've I've tried. I to find the Resi
1: I find the Resi One remake slightly <laughs> difficult, but only because I think it's the sensibilities of the storytelling. Hey, have you played Kingdom Hearts Three?
0: No. Me neither. Uh, last bit of news before we move on to the main <clears> event. <throat> so you know that War of the Worlds just coming out later this year from BBC? Yeah, oh, I'd fucking forgotten about that. Well, I, I I guess you'd also forgotten about the other one that's coming this year. No. The yeah, there were American, conflicting ones. The American produced series. Um. So you've got the uh, <laughs> War of the Worlds adaptation from the BBC with Ray Spall. Yeah. And then you've got this one, which is set in contemporary Europe. And it's been created and written by Howard Overman, who also created and wrote Misfits and Crazy Head. The UK Misfits? Yeah. Okay. And apparently Crazy (coughs) Head's really good, but I've not seen it. But I might check it out because it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, So apparently Greg Kinnear was in talks originally. And it's an eight-part series. But the full cast has now come out. Okay. Turns out Greg Kinnear's not going to be in it. So this is the the
1: modern-day adaptation. Yeah. Set in Europe, so it's basically the 2005
0: movie, yeah. but set in Europe. And when you look at the cast list, oh boy, is it set in Europe? Because <clears throat> we've got <laughs> Gabriel Byrne and Elizabeth McGovern headlining the series.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: but they are joined by Lea Drucker, Natasha Little, Daisy Edgar-Jones, Stefan Kayart... Kayart? Kaya, Kaya,
1: Stefan Kayart's yeah. play
0: Bandai. Uh, Adele Square Bosharif and Guillaume Gyu. Um, with Gilles, uh, Gilles Coulier, directing the first four episodes, who directed Cargo, the um, yeah. Netflix film with Mike Freeman, which again, one of those Netflix things I'd need, I need to get around to. Um, and uh, Richard Clark who directed Versailles, don't know what that is, uh, directing the back half of the series. Pre-productions okay. underway, and it should be airing in late 2019. Overman says... In many ways, H.G. Wells' novel is a cautionary tale of racial superiority and ethnic conflict. It's these themes I wanted to explore more fully in my modern reimagining. I look forward to bringing our bold, fresh, and malakable version, inspired by this much-loved story, to a new audience. Um, With a brief description via Hollywood Reporter. In this new take on War of the Worlds, when astronomers detect a transmission from another galaxy, it is definitive proof of intelligent extraterrestrial life. Earth's population waits for further contact with bated breath, but does not have to wait long. Within days, mankind is all but wiped out, with just pockets of humanity are left in an eerily deserted world. As alien ships appear in the sky, these survivors ask a burning question. Who are these attackers, and why are they hell-bent on our destruction? Okay. So, sounds like it's contact. Yeah, or, or... Any other alien slash yeah. zombie movie, if it's so, like, essentially. It's like, at a certain point. A pocket of survivors fight yes. back against the alien. Like, at a certain point, all yeah. alien invasion movies are the same film. Our War of the Worlds.
1: Well, the thing is, the original War of the Worlds and, like, the um... <clears throat> Jeff Wayne uh, concert version and everything. Mm-hmm. The reason it's so compelling is it's this terrifying story of humanity. Being completely fucked.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and it and happens
1: it, over the space of, if I remember correctly, a couple of weeks. Like it's not a long yeah, if time. Like I, that's a few days because it's like the, yeah. the, they rally together, like you know, the freaking Thunder Child and all that stuff. Like they get it together within days. Yeah, and it's the the idea behind it is the despair, despair, and how futile it is. Yeah, like they they can't fight back, and... which is something the two thousand five modern day adaptation by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, did very well. Yeah. like they establish pretty much from the off. Oh, tanks does fuck all.
0: Yeah, and and it's and, not. An, it's like yeah. it's What's ter- what's terrifying about the story in its original and its more closely adapted forms, or at least faithfully tonally, not necessarily yeah. faithful. Because again, part of the charm of its original is yeah. it's set
1: in like what 18, 1890 yeah. or whatever. So it's it's this technology described
0: like something that. Would, yeah, would fit it's, in a sci-fi you're today. It, you're not seeing it from yeah. the military fighting back. You're not seeing it from heroes taking the fight to them. You've seen it from ordinary people just caught up in this <coughs> chaos, where
1: the, the where the, um, the, the
0: anachronistic
1: nature of the tones yeah. of, the, of the two things are so they're so appealing. Again, like the, the Martian stuff is so. It doesn't feel like it comes out of the same time the book was written. No, it feels like it comes out of the seventies, the eighties, like yeah. sci-fi. It was dumb, and, it, and it's somehow in this Victorian setting. Like it's it's so Absolutely. wonderfully
0: juxtaposed. That's why I'm really looking forward to the BBC one. Yeah, because because well that well there's been one uh, film adaptation set in the Victorian period, mm. and it's one of the three that came out in 2005. Oh God, was it Asylum? It, no, Asylum did one. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, in 2005. Because I imagine with, War of the Worlds is probably public C- domain. It is public domain. Yeah. Uh, with C. Thomas Howell. Okay. Uh, and that got a sequel. Because oh, Asylum. Um, no, <laughs> this was done by, uh, I believe, a British production company called Pendragon Pictures. Right. And it is fucking garbage. <laughs> Remind me to show you some clips once we finished recording. Because, okay. <laughs> Wow. Wow! Jesus oh, well, I got some things to show oh. you, Christopher. Um, so, so yeah,
1: I mean I love that story, but how much, how unique can a modern set version I don't really know. be? The 2005 one. The main reason a lot of people don't like that Spielberg movie, I believe, is because it changes so drastically by being put yeah. in modern. Day. Oh, the, the pacing but, but they is still, weird as well. The pacing is odd, but they still do. They still do. They don't drastically change the events of the story to fit modern times. You just
0: see it. Yeah, because you don't need to. But maybe
1: that's where some of the frustration comes from. Because you watch it and you go, so why isn't this just set in the Victorian era then? Because they had to shoot it in 70 days.
0: For real? Yeah. For real? Yeah. God. They shot the whole thing in 70 days. Spielberg can turn around a film Mm. really quick. And that film... I think, Still look- I think it. He, he doesn't have chuffer in mind. He knows no. exactly what he wants exp- to shoot he knows, Yes, he gets He gets the coverage and he gets it done. Um, but, and that whole yeah.
1: sequence under, underground where that like camera thing on the, yep. on the tendril is yep. tense
0: as <sighs> fuck. I'm going to have more to say about this later in the year mm-hmm. because at the moment I am tracking down different adaptations and spin-offs of War of the Worlds and I'm going to do something about nice. that later in the year. I'm not sure what form it's going to take exactly. But I'm doing some some research some reading, some watching, some I was gonna say we should have listening. some li- we
1: should have some listening to that recent dramatization.
0: Oh, that is a, dr- a like a more full cast version of the Jeff Wayne. Yeah, one. the, uh, the, one that's the one Michael
1: Sheen and and Taron Edgerton and stuff.
0: It's an Audible exclusive, so I might I might um subscriptions so laptop I might have to actually pay for Audible for a bit. Or oh, just like get
1: another email address and register for a free trial. Shh, don't tell anyone. I've already got like four books on Audible, so I wouldn't mind subscribing again get Scratch Man I didn't realise it was an audiobook of
0: Scratchman, and it is um, read by Tom Baker and oh, I'm like not. god damn it I want it now I uh, I lost the Stephen I got my yeah. first copyright strike on my personal channel for real yeah because I, I, I did some of those short story readings and I got a copyright strike and a takedown from the from Stephen King for the Stephen King one wait what yeah because well, I just read the whole short story so it's you know um, don't you copyright okay.
1: wise wait when you say take oh so the videos take did you get a strike on your channel oh yeah I got a strike on my channel oh <gasps>
2: fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I suppose you can't dispute it. Like, right? I get it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it's
0: fine. I mean, I'm not. Well, hang on, hang to... on, hang on, hang on. Here's a question: Did you monetize it? No. Right. Well, then why are you getting a strike?
1: Because are not earning not, money from it's it. It's not
0: about monetization. No, it's I about that's true. it's about DMCA. Yeah. I get it. Like, I'm I'm, not... I'm
1: I'm just so used to other places doing yeah. it just to try and leech the money. No, I
0: totally get it. It's a legit claim. Like, I'm. I'm only.
1: In fact, you know what? It makes more sense that they don't strike your channel. But they just copyright claim the video and then run ads on it. That would make more sense because uh, then they're profiting from your doing a reading. It's by like, far
0: the most viewed video on my channel of um, recent years. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, I I get it totally. It's just a little frustrating. Uh. It is, yeah. But it's it fine. It's, it's like it's not copyright So I think I'm I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some more public domain stuff. Maybe some more Lovecraft. Some. Uh, I'll do I mean, some a way Wells, around it is maybe if do you do, even if you don't do for certain artists and stuff that you think that might be a problem, do
1: um. Do extracts? Yeah, hey, I'm going to do some extracts as well. And yeah. open up a Vimeo and put
0: the videos that go down on the Vimeo because Vimeo won't give a shit. No, Vimeo do not give a fuck. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that's news. That's news. That's our uh, big news one. How how far are we in? We are 42 minutes in, and we've only done news. That's all the news. Fit to make you say that was news. This is going well. <laughs> <laughs> This is moving along swiftly. Moving um, on up, moving on up, So, our main topic for today a follow yeah. up to a, a recent episode we did and widely requested by viewers and listeners alike. Um, Creepers, crawlers,
1: people in the cupboard watching us while we record us. <laughs> Creepers,
0: <laughs> crawlers, Jerry Lawlers. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Bruisers and brawlers. Shut up. Um, So, we have decided to compile a list, well, a list each, of our top ten, New Who. What? New Who, post-2005 Doctor Who stories. What? So, not episodes,
1: Mm. Um, Because that was a a big point of like, wait, so, say if it was a two-part, say if you were doing Aliens of London World War 3, is that... It has to be aliens of London. That's, it's one, World story. War That's one story. Or is it? No, it's one story. It's both. Yeah. It's both. So, so if anyone gets pedantic, um... leave us alone. However, Utopia is fair game because it's technically a episode that leads into a two parter. Yes. Although it's best enjoyed as a three parter. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay. Right. okay. Yeah, yeah, Utopia's yeah. great, but, but no, it, it's you. its own story that yeah. goes into a two parter that yeah. is, yeah. Um, um but anywho so we did this for classic doctor who if you want to check that out it's uh episode it's like one summit it'll check, be on look for the tom baker thumbnail
0: yes there you go it's on the list it's in the uh big damn 2018 playlist so didn't worry about that and it's not too long there. ago so you'll be you'll be fine it's good it's, um, good, it's, a, good, it's a good like 10 yeah, it wasn't it wasn't long ago. before christmas was it was it um, no sir no Chaucer. no chosha! No, uh, so a needle pulling thread who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Well, what do you? <laughs> oh God!
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you went for that and not the your mother joke from the second I one. Didn't um... like that,
0: though. <laughs> uh, so well, at least oh, you're not God. destroying Rose action figures on YouTube. Bro. Oh God, I know. Fucking
1: I was going to say I proudly have, my and then I realised she's not on the shelf. She's yeah. in that box. No, <laughs> no, you are Ethan Van Skyver. Um... No, I just took her down to make room for three separate rays. <laughs> Why not? Why not?
0: Um, uh, so, who's, go, who's, go, who's going first? Well,
1: would you, would you like to do honourable mentions first?
0: Uh, no, we'll do them before we get to number one. Oh, you dirty minx. Yes, yeah, so we'll do them in between number two and number one because well, then we'll get all the surprise ones in there. You see. Before
1: we begin, build I'm gonna, attention. Christopher. Before we begin, I'm going to say something I've noticed about my series.
0: Yeah. About my selections of the series, yep. which I'm a little, I'm a little sort of. I'm I
1: don't gonna, know how I feel about this.
0: I'm going to say I've probably done the same thing as you. We
1: have in the modern era of Doctor Who so far. We've had six new doctors, specifically yep. five uh, eras, like five yes. five seasons or, or groups of series for each doctor. One is currently ongoing. Yes, you yes. um, okay. if, if not following along, guys: Eccleston, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, uh, Whittaker, and obviously we got John Hurt in the special. So. That being said, what I tried to do, because here's the thing, you say to me what are your top ten New Who stories are, I'm like, right, okay. Uh technically thirteen. There, Rose, End of the World, The Unquiet Dead, Aliens of London, World War Three, because I just say series one. But I've tried to yeah. be fair, I've tried to think what yeah. episodes across the modern run of Doctor Who from two thousand five onwards have um, you know have made me a happy little sausage. Um so my top ten, guys, is not just a block of Chris Eccleston episodes. No. i tried to be no. fair however i have noticed there is a, mm, in my compiling mm. and i and I, I i'm i'm reading over this again right now just to be sure one doctor has one mention mm. another doctor has one mention mm-hmm. and another has but two mm. and i find that fascinating in terms of what resonates with me. Now, Yes, everybody's already preempting. Anybody who's listened to us before can probably guess. This is not a slight to the Doctor, nor necessarily their entire era, but my god, you can kind of see from this top ten mm-hmm. what years of the show grabbed my imagination and captured my heart more. I imagine you have a similar thing going on.
0: With your list. Yes. Uh, Very similar. I'm going to be interested to see how many of... um, How many of those... How many of these are are similar? Because the
1: way I put this together is I sat down and I just, like, in a stream of consciousness consciousness went, right, write down the ones. that If you could watch them right now, just like, which ones you pick? Go for it. And I did. I was like, boom, 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 boom. There's eight. I think of nine, I uh, think of ten. Uh, yeah, cool. All right, I'll we'll put them in an order. There we go. Uh, a few honourable mentions. I thought about that, but I don't love it as much as that one. Da, 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 da. There we are. And then I looked at it and went, oh. Oh. They've only got one story on this one. Oh. oh. they've only got two. Oh, that's really weird. Oh. So, th- yeah, there you go. Uh, I think I went f- second on the last one. So, shall I go on first on this one?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, handsome. Give me give, it to me, give it to me. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. In number ten, yes,
1: my tenth favorite—and um, this changed all the time—but this is how we are. Tenth yeah. favorite this top is... ten modern Doctor Who uh, story yes. is Series Three's Utopia. Mm. Utopia is mm. episode eleven of Series Three. Mm. It's it's for those who don't remember, Utopia is the story of uh, the TARDIS stops very briefly in Cardiff to refuel on the Rift, yep. and Captain Jack Harkness running fresh from the last scene of his series Torchwood Season 1 from yep. earlier in the year. Legs it and grabs hold of the TARDIS. The TARDIS panics, dematerializes, and gets flung to the far end of the universe to a colony that is uh, stuck in the mountains in their own bases keeping away from the mutated cannibalistic future kind that it's, lives outside. It's near the end of the universe. Yeah, they're building a rocket to take them to a, a utopia, a safe haven, a, pa- a place that is spoken of and yeah. not not confirmed to even exist, but it's believed to be out there, and it's their only shot at possibly finding a prosperous new land where they can grow and, grow survive, the and, survive, of and survive the end of everything. Uh, and the uh, the entire thing's being headed up by uh, a, a, a kind sort of elderly scientist played by Derek Jacobi, so Derek Jacobi, called uh, Professor Yana, who is. Uh, you know, like the the one in charge. And he's got a bit of a mysterious past. Yeah. He, he wants to keep everyone safe. Yeah. His, uh, his lab assistant, Chantho, uh, is Chan helping him out, though. Um, and <laughs> he, he doesn't have very many memories of his youth. He was found on a beach and... As the story goes on, you sort of feel, get to know him and feel a bit sorry for him and like him. He's really warm yeah. and lovely. And then Martha
0: yeah. spots a pocket watch in his possession. Which she's got fresh in her mind from a recent story.
1: Where the Doctor used the chameleon arc to disguise himself as a human in every possible way. Biologically, mentally, everything. And yeah. then, as the episode nears its end, after she's drawn attention to it, yeah. and Martha points out to the Doctor, this could be you know this could be that, that you were told you were not alone this could be it it's another time lord and the doctor is immediately terrified because he suspects there's only one fucker who could have survived like this by avoiding yep. the time war yeah and we get that i remember watching i remember watching the end of this episode go out live oh
0: yeah i did as well
1: i remember that they kept it they kept it stum we knew that John Sim was the main villain of the series at the end, and we knew he was playing a character called Harold Saxon. Yes. That's all we knew. Yes. And Saxon had been sprinkled throughout, Lazarus Pit, a couple of episodes, like, really tie into the idea that someone, the Prime Minister and the people around him are monitoring Martha's family and the Doctor. Yeah. The Doctor's coming and going. We didn't know that it was the Master for sure. There was rumour, but we didn't know for sure. Yeah. And when he looks at that pocket watch and you can hear Jacobi's voice being like, Open me, you fool, open uh, me, and receive yeah. my majesty. And in the background of that, you can hear this mix of the voices, and it's like, that was Delgado. No. <laughs> oh god, oh my god, it's him! And he opens it, and you get Derek Jacobi playing the master is one thing. That in that brief oh, four minutes on screen my. where he's playing the master when he reawakens, it is it's beautiful. wonderful. But then but we then... see the Master regenerate, which oh, we've yeah. never seen, really. We've seen him survive no, yeah, and move yeah. bodies. We've never seen him regenerate. And he regenerates just like the Doctor. And all the young viewers who don't know who this character is immediately get it. Oh, he's like the Doctor.
0: Yeah.
1: And he regenerates screaming. Which oh, yeah. It's an odd shock because the effect doesn't quite work. But it's... the, the imagery really creepy. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. he's and then he's tenant he's energy he's 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 loud and bombastic and he steals the TARDIS Mack and is... leaves them for dead yeah. in the future where the rocket's gonna freaking like yeah. leave or explode or the future kind of battering yeah. down the door
2: yeah.
1: the reason Utopia makes it onto my list is because that rush that you get from watching it the first time the fact that when you run a rewatch, you go, Holy shit, like this is the start of that really big, interesting, weird finale with Scissor Sisters and freaking Shield yeah. Carriers and all that stuff. And yeah. the Top of Fame, which are a wonderfully morbid idea, made even more morbid when you revisit Utopia and yeah. you know the fate of all those people, including the little kid that Martha talks to. Chantho's death feels horrible yeah. and nasty because she's so sweet.
0: Like the Master. It's a horrible yeah. and nasty thing that the Master would do.
1: Jack's. Um, interactions make you go oh I missed him and he fits right back in into yeah. this formula his play off Martha's really kind of like adorable the flirty nature is really sweet yeah um, and the fact that they save the character moment for a bit where the two characters are in a position Um, a lot of modern dramas Doctor Who's guilty of this to do the character development thing by having the characters all walk off to one side and say their bits and pieces and the focus changes to that for a bit and then they go away and carry on yeah this they wait for a moment where the characters would have time to talk and it's when he's in the chamber like because he, he can handle the radiation he's, doing, his he's doing the thing and the doctor's at the door and they finally kind of after you know 35 minutes have the conversation that you as the fan is dying to hear it's like right what's going on did the yeah. doctor know he, he, he's immortal like and you know does he know what happened to him and how's Jack gonna react now he's back with his friend and it's like this is great and the episode ends yeah. on something from classic Who that is done masterfully back then, and, and we were talking about how we miss it in the classic episode, which is the whole episode is a cliffhanger. Yeah.
0: It's great. And it's a great cliffhanger. It's great. It's
1: so good. It's great. And the thing is, the answer's staring you in the face. You know exactly how they can get out of it. When you see it the next week, you go, of course! Like Freaking Vortex Manipulator. But in that moment, you're panicking. Because all the stimuli and the music
0: and everything. Just... It's It's a real... It's great. It's a real doozy. I love Utopia. And, and I will say that it very mm. very narrowly missed out on my top 10. Yeah, I mean I I love young...
1: I love Sound of Drums last of the Time Lords as well. I think it's a really strong finale. Some some naff stuff in
0: there. I I don't love it, but it's it's mostly okay, but it it doesn't neither nothing in that in those two episodes is as good as anything in Utopia oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean
1: there, there's some great stuff the phone conversation where he's talking to him and he's watching him on the CCTV yeah. he's eerie as hell the, 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 um, the cabinet room the cabinet room being just gassed me, while he's just yeah. tapping on the table really That's emphasizing really the insanity um, the sister's bit at the start of the episode because of course uh, the end of the episode at the start of episode 2 is great even the here come the drums at the end of episode 1 feels creepy like this master is so well handled by Davies and Sim he feels like he feels like the insane master. Hmm. Like he feels like the Joker master. He's 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 an energy match for Tennant's Doctor. Yes, and it works really well. In the same way, Delgado perfectly matched Pertwee. Sim perfectly matches Tennant, and it,
0: it yeah, like Michelle Story... almost perfectly matches Peter Capaldi. <laughs> 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 oh, I wish you, know, you could I, all I, see Chris's face. I, I, listened, right I now. listened
1: to the trailer to the Diary of River Song series five the other day. Yeah. Uh, the one where every story there's a different master in it, mm. and the very brief snippet of dialogue between Missy and River, I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a more interesting matchup. Yeah, and you can tell Capaldi and Gomez had fun, and their chemistry. I think they're back and forth in her first story, Dark Water and, and, and Death in Heaven. Yeah, is nice, but then after that, it's just like I don't get it. What? What? Uh, what? What is it? Yep. But anyway, yeah, Utopia. Cracking, um, sneaky master story. It's a walking cliffhanger. Um, future kind... The fucking teeth look uncomfortable. Oh, the actors didn't bite their tongues. Oh, mints.
0: Yep. My number 10. Yeah. <laughs> Season 2.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Tooth and Claw. Oh, God, that is a good one. Because I love... Period stories. I love period stories that have monsters in them. Yeah. And we get Victorian with Queen Victoria. Yes. Trapped in an estate in Scotland with a werewolf, ninja monks, and What's Not To Like? What's not to like? It's great fun. Hoot's Mon no no no, no don't do that. Don't, Is that don't. the
1: first that's the first one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that becomes a trope because <laughs> Mar- Martha tries it at one point in series 3 I think so. and then Donna does it with Agatha Christie and it's no, no, just don't, like don't, don't, don't. so good yeah. Love that. Where's Martha? Spend, Martha uses it in the Shakespeare code. They spend she, she's, the whole... like, she's like, Yeah, for sooth, I like, no, don't 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 <laughs> we... a great recurring bit. It wants a series. Also, well doctor. this
0: episode's got a great recurring bit because he has got Rose and the doctor trying to one up each other by getting Queen Victoria to say we are not we are amused, not amused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's their oh, their God. relationship. <laughs> crystallize. I mean, you get it, it <laughs> sort of gets started in New Earth, but it crystallizes in this episode. Yeah. And it's the, it's the Rose Doctor interplay, which made him so wonderful to watch. Mm. Really kicks off in this.
1: Also, is that the is that, is she wearing the denim dungaree sort yes. of dress thing with the short, curly, wavy hair? Yes. I fancy the pants off of her. <laughs> so, Sixteen-year-old me was just like. No, Fifteen-year-old me was just like. Oh, Billy Piper, I fancy the hell out of you. It was, well, it, was, it was. It was. It was. that short, curly cut. I was just like, God, you're fit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love teeth and Claw. What's what what mm. the
1: were, the werewolf? I think it I think it was excellent CGI for the time, and it has hasn't aged yeah. too badly. It, it it hasn't aged too badly in terms of like if you're box set in series two of Doctor Who from two thousand six. You're like, yeah, I get what the CGI is going to look like. Now. Yeah, yeah, like, and and
0: you know, it's it's it does it does the job. There is some dodgy CGI, in that it, that, that was still a pre HD TV production mm. working with a fucking early Doctor Who budget. Like this is this is a Doctor Who that still wasn't the BBC's biggest thing. Yeah, yet. it was getting there. It was getting it, there. It blew everyone but, away,
1: and now was climbing. By yeah. series three, they were spending the money. By series four, it looked. Glossy as fuck. Mm-hmm. By, by the specials, it was at a peak, and then series five is when it was like, "Oh, this looks amazing!" Oh yeah. And then and they, they, they kept pouring money it. at it in series six, and they started going abroad. But that's when the stories didn't get as good. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, That's a great pick. Tooth and Claw's a great pick. That's a great pick. I'm just I, you immediately said it. The first thing I pictured was him licking the walls and tasting <laughs> the mistletoe in the wood. <laughs> It's just it, it's it's good. It's like books, the whole like messages, just little things like books, greatest weapons in the universe. Yeah, like running an armory and things like just like that is the monk stuff. The teaser online, the Tardisode.
0: Yeah, creepiest Man sin. The Tardisode.
1: The Tardisode TARDIS was you saw, you saw the the wolf attack that yeah. that claimed that monk. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. And then there's the monk who's the one who is the werewolf who sat in the cage. Yes. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, teeth and claws, great. And it's the and it's the seed that. It's the second mention, no, it's the third mention of Torchwood, but yeah. it's the first one in series two. Yes. Because uh, it, it's an answer in The Weakest Link in Bad Wolf. Yes. And then it's, uh, someone says like, should I get Tortured on the phone during the Christmas invasion, like the, the, the military stuff. Yes. But well, that's all, it, you don't pay attention to it. And then series two, obviously, is the Torchwood story arc. Yes. Foundation thing, and it, its first thing is in... Tooth and Claw of the Torchwood Institute. Yes. That's a great pick. Fuck, I haven't I know. put that on my list. <laughs> Tooth and Claw's great. have got excellent taste. I'm What's one, your number nine, i one of the best action figures from the range as well. The Werewolf. It's a really good figure. Yes. Um, He's not on the shelf at the minute, I'm afraid. No, no, I... My... Toby Zed's on the shelf, hidden in that pod. Oh, of course. But, you know, because <laughs> why not? Why not?
0: Toby Zed.
1: My number nine. Uh, his hair never looked pointier. T- his shoes were never his. His running shoes were never uh, more appropriate, considering this has some of the longest fucking corridors in the show's in modern history. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's one of the few modern episodes that really tackles with the idea of um, not tampering with history. When uh, it's the one that establishes the rule. Of there are fixed points and we can't change them. If we do, things will unravel like crazy. Yes. Um, It's also the first one to do that in a future setting. The Waters of Mars. Oh, yes. Best of the specials, hands down. Waters Um, of
0: Mars is very, very, very (laughs) good.
1: Bowie Base 1, Doctor arrives, realises he's meeting like Earth's first proper big team on Mars. And it's like, I can't be here because... They die in mysterious circumstances. Yeah, and he can't get involved because he knows that their death eventually leads to the granddaughter of, um, oh my god, what's her name? Adelaide Brooke, played by Lindsay Duncan, who's fantastic. Yes, in it. yes, um, yes. Keep saying these he, things. Yeah, he 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 knows that her granddaughter will be inspired by the mysterious circumstances leading to her grandmother's disappearance to study in this field and further the technology and the travel and eventually be the one who leads the first bar- barrage of people to go out there and colonise. And it begins that chain reaction. He cannot interfere with this as much as he's geeking out over the fact that he's meeting them. But of course to them a random fucking stranger has just appeared the same day that stuff's going wrong with the contaminated water in the filtration system. Oh, man. It's the first mention of the although not by name but of the Ice Warriors. Yes. Um and uh, sort of provides a reason as to why maybe they left the red planet. Yep, because there is some serious creepy infection going on in the water. Yep, There's some creepy ass monster like makeup effects oh, in this. The it's, flood, it's, it. The flood, the flood. Yeah, it's a yeah. zombie story meets base under siege. Base under siege. Two great tastes
0: to, that taste great
1: together. As opposed to base under Steve, um, base under Steve. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's <laughs> that it's that thing of they are trapped there, and he knows he knows. That he has to get out and he's fighting against his every instinct to save them. Yeah. Because he knows he's not supposed to. Uh, you've got an irritating robot who is played for an irritating robot so it doesn't get irritating. True. Gadget, gadget. Um, you've got all <laughs> that stuff. You've got some really nice side characters. You've got a good. Boy Bass's design is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and you have the ending that spirals toward the end of the Tenth Doctor's thing. Tenth Doctor is a very selfish and egotistical doctor in places. He's definitely very arrogant. And it finally comes to a head when in this story, he decides, you know, out of partly out of compassion, but mostly out of self-aggrandization. Yeah. I'm going to change this. Time Lords aren't here anymore. What are the rules of time? I'm the only one left. Sod it. I'm going to make up the rules. Yeah, I'm going to save their lives. And he does. And history is only just corrected by Adelaide's own actions when she finds out what she... What happens? Yeah, she's meant to die, and so she kills herself. And the episode has that wonderful narrative device that it keeps showing the headlines. Yes, on like the web pages on like a database. Yeah, and they they change as the story goes on. Yeah, and you realise I love stuff like that. She she shoots herself. She fucking kills herself at the end of the story. <laughs> and her death inspires her granddaughter even more. Like it it, it it still inspires her. Yeah, to to find out what happened on Bowie Base One and to get out there because. The mystery is not long, now no longer that they all went missing. The mystery is three of them came back. How? And they won't talk about what happened. They refuse to talk about it. Well, the two survived, refused to talk about it. My grandmother killed herself. What happened? So the the exploration still goes on. And in that moment, you realise he hasn't changed a damn thing no. in a good way. But he's got dangerously close to affecting everything. And then you see Oud Sigma in the snow. And you hear the cloister bell. And you realise... Something like he's going down a path that, like, this is bad, and he realizes, yeah, the whole Time Lord Triumphant thing is so well done, and it leads beautifully into his finale, yeah. Um, it's I love the of Mars, it's mm.
0: creepy, 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 mm. creepy. I'll never eat a carrot mm. again because <laughs> that's how it starts. Quite, eat a bloody
1: carrot. What's your uh, number nine?
0: Um, Squire, it's the only story from this doctor on the list, oh, and it would probably be higher. Okay. If not for like the last 2 minutes of the episode, which kind I of I know what this is. which kind of burn a lot of the goodwill of the previous 40 or previous minutes. 40 odd minutes. I know what this is. It is of course Heaven, heaven Sent. 12th Doctor um, story. Really cool concept. Yeah. I've amazingly noticed. performed. He wakes up in just outside the t- he comes out the TARDIS. Wakes up, notices uh is the dust there at the start. It's oh, he, not the Tarsus, it's that chamber. Or whatever oh, yeah. Is, the, the, yeah. And he and he has to go through this gauntlet of challenges while being pursued by this creature that will kill him if it touches him.
1: Yeah, or oh, the, the dust is there because it's oh, one yeah. of the first things he notices There's the dust everywhere. Yeah. As it
0: goes on, you, you discover, as he discovers, that he keeps doing this. Yeah. He's been doing this for years. Like and millions yes. of years. For every time... Every time he dies, he resets with
1: yeah, he, he, well, no he, memory. He 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 climbs, like, sheer force of will. Yeah. He climbs back to that chamber and resets it. And then yeah. bursts into, like, freaking bone and dust. Yeah. And then a new one is born. Yeah. So the dust in that room is him. Like, something is cleaning house as well. Because, like, there are skeletons filling the moat around yeah. this castle. So th- there is a system here something is putting him through this and making sure that He's it continues in because a it wants information it's an interrogation yeah as a one man play yeah <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's it's yeah and it's it, yeah. it, it, it the way it plays with the concepts and the way it lays it out and lets you discover it slowly as he discovers it is really nice it grieving
1: over clara is very believable because yeah. we all were sort of like oh
0: yeah it's oh, they, also... they've
1: killed her in Face the Raven. She's gone. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> hindsight You know, hindsight is twenty-twenty yeah. in it. But in that
0: moment, I remember feeling like, wow, they've committed to this. But it's also, it's pretty much Peter Capaldi for the whole thing. Yeah. And he actually gets to really show what he can do. And there's some great, um, great imagery, like punching oh, the diamond wall. Yeah. That's how, like how, how, how long he's been there. Thousands of millions of years does it take to punch through a diamond wall one punch at a time. Mm. Like, every time his hand breaks. It's like, erosion. Yeah, and it's just... And,
1: and the closer he gets, the more you finally start to see those lights and the windows through the end of the wall and you're like, you know oh, it's there. Oh, God, you know it's there. He knows it's there. He's going to
0: get back to it. It's, it's great. It's the sheer it's, determination
1: of him. It's phenomenal. But like you say, the last two minutes, what you need to do is the moment he gets to the TARDIS and this whole bright light end the episode turned yeah. off because when he then arrives on Gallifrey which again I believe we all sort of went oh we're finally getting here we're gonna tell yeah. this story no they're not nope. um he gets to Gallifrey and then tells that boy like go tell them I'm here and then he <sighs> speaks he speaks into the dial and basically says right you wanted to know who the yeah. hybrid was which was the whole point of this horrific interrogation yeah. which for all intents and purposes murdered him millions of times yes the 12th doctor that comes out of that dial is not necessarily the same 12th doctor we last saw in the previous episode um but like because the idea is he's cloned like he's cloned every time so if you want to if you want to get it uber technical the original doctor's body
0: is gone well it's (laughs) it's also this is just a clone it's also a really neat idea that the that it's one. It's something that the Time Lords could do, is yeah. manipulate time and engineering mm. to that degree, that they could just have you tortured like this. Because you know, it,
1: they want to know, because it's his confession dial, isn't it? And they yeah. want to know, they think he knows what the hybrid is, and his confession dial is there to get that information out of And him. none of that shit ends up being Well, he's important. meant to tell it. That's the point, was The idea of the confession dial set up early in the series, is yeah. that you tell it your biggest sin or your biggest secret before you die, and then it's stored there and it's like a uh, you're passing the burden and you can go into like into death into peace without ever having to think of it and also if someone needs to know that secret it exists it's in fucking some way. nonsense bullshit you know ritualistically because what's it but like then he whispers into it and he says the "hybrid is me" right hang on In then the next episode forget that we'll find out that let's there's... not let's not but let's like you even just do spent but not, not even do it you spent a billion years not telling it because because and then you
0: just told it Let's not even do it because everything <laughs> that is good about this story, is completely divorced for that. From that two minutes. It could be entire. Imagine if the episode was just him waking up at the start in that room. Yeah. And then the episode ends, like you say, when he gets back to the TARDIS. None of the other shit... He's yeah. just been trapped in this thing. Maybe there's some extra dialogue. Like, oh, this is where I was and that's where I was trapped. And it's just, he's on his yeah. own and he gets trapped in this thing. What's the creature called? Did it have a name? It's remember. like the Wraith or something, something like that. Because like that, yeah. that is a creepy ass yeah. like looking really trucker. Really creepy image. Really creepy design. The Lake of Skulls. It's just, there's the white, some really cool stuff in it. Like the, the, the,
1: the clothes, the coat hanging on the fire yeah. like by the fireplace. You're like, like, oh, what's, yeah. uh, what's happening here? Yeah. No, Heaven Sent. Good show. Heaven Sent. The only Capaldi story in my top ten. Nice. My number eight. Your number eight. Was originally in my honorable mentions, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, do you know what? Hyperball may have put me off wanting to put this on my list, but it is a damn fine piece of storytelling. Okay. Blink, series three.
0: Okay. Episode
1: 10, I want to say.
0: The reason I put Blink in here is because Blink... It's really fucking good. Blink is damn great Doctor Who, <laughs> but, it's, but
1: it's damn great not Doctor Who as yes. well. Like, it's just a great bit of, of sci-fi horror for the family. Like, storytelling. Sci-fi <laughs> horror
0: for the family. That's something you know to get every day. Well, it's, 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 it's
1: like Are You Afraid of the Dark or Goosebumps? But yes. A, but on a yeah, better yeah. budget and told better. No,
0: like, I, in terms of the TV series. I feel you. I, I see where you're
1: coming from. Like... Sally Sparrow is instantly a character we don't forget. Like, we all remember that name. You saw it by Doctor Who and someone says, like, oh, Sally Sparrow. You go, oh, yeah, blink. Sally Sparrow. Everything comes back to mind. Great name. Moffat is sort of guilty later on of creating less than memorable supporting characters in his stories. Yeah. And yet in his originals, he creates some of the best. Yeah. Um, Renette. Yes. Uh, Frickin' um, River Song you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like uh, other characters in that Doctor Moon Miss Evangelista you remember these characters Nancy especially
0: yes Um, Doctor
1: Constantine like you remember these characters and Blink is fucking full of them yeah Um, do you know what I mean Uh, Kathy Sally's mate Mm -hmm. you remember Kathy Uh, you definitely remember Billy yep because life is short and you are hot like you don't forget these characters they're so well done and you know you feel for them. You get to know them a tiny bit. In the few minutes you're with them. And then they're gone. Yeah, And then sometimes you meet them again. Decades later for them...
0: Five minutes later
1: for Sally. It's,
0: again, it's... it's and just... you feel bad for what's happened. It's, it's a and... story that really leans into the time travel aspect of the show. And it does it really well.
1: Now, I think it was... I think it was probably brilliant because he originally wrote it. It was called... Uh, it was called something like What Happened on My Summer Holidays by Sally Sparrow. Yes. And it was in the 2006 annual. Yes. So it was, it was a ninth Doctor story. And it was about this young girl who starts to spot in her family, like, photographs and home videos, messages. And eventually writing under the wallpaper messages from this this northern short-haired bloke (laughs) basically trying to get her attention and point her to something yeah and it leads her to go down to like the 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 nearby woods or whatever and and find the tardis abandoned and like she i think it's just like put the key in the door or something something like that and then it disappears and then he visits her like a year later and thanks her because basically he was thrown from the like the TARDIS, it was separated from him, and he needs to get his, find his way back. And it's like that's a great idea. And then he took that and went, "This is good.
0: Let's make it. An let's episode. make it a
1: forty five minute episode. Yeah. Let's have a bit where she flat out interacts for a five minute scene with video footage from the past that knows what she's saying.
0: Yeah. And
1: let's throw in a monster, but not just any monster. Oh, oh. these guys have been hyper bold and watered down it's to death easily just from their
0: overuse visually and stuff. Easily the most iconic monster to come of out the of the modern new series. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Aside isn't, from redesigns isn't re- of classics, yeah. this is a... It's, a it's, the, it's, the, it's the most iconic new monster to come out of this series. The
1: Weeping Angels debut in Blink and are terrifying without even freaking moving on
0: screen once. It's a brilliant concept. It's so
1: good. And just the, the sound design for it, that sort yeah. of scream with an echo that seems to play whenever they've moved and just the just little things it's the little shots in this that are the creepiest like that one at the very end of the corridor upstairs that's just mm. moved a bit between the shots and the unfurling mystery the, the 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 very again like sort of kids book sleuth mystery style thing of finding the easter eggs in the DVDs she finds out where the DVDs are published and you learn about. oh god it's great yeah it's so good um yeah, I love Blink. It I, Blink's I, I, great. I didn't want to put it in there, and then I thought about it. And I went, no, it may be obvious, but it's obvious be, for a reason.
0: Be true to yourself, Chris. Aye. That's all you can ever do. Aye. Um, my number eight. Uh, again, <laughs> there are some things in history that cannot be changed. Okay. And if you try, there are consequences. Oh, shit. Okay. Even if you're doing it to save your dad. Oh, God, I love it. Father's Day. Father's Day is so eight. good. Rose finally cottons <laughs> on that it's a time machine and she can go back and save her dad.
1: Well, meet her dad. Did, well, meet her
0: dad. She never met him. He and died then, when, she was, when she was a little babby.
1: And they see the death and she goes back and they see it again. And she goes back one more time
0: and she prevents it. And everything starts to come apart.
1: Starting with her relationship with the Doctor, yes. His and reaction then, is so brilliant because he resets to the bloke she met in episode one yes,
0: because he understands what she's done. Yeah, and
1: and, and and all that progression
0: of them up to that point. Of, yes. her,
1: of her reawakening, like the man he is, really the man he used to be. Yeah, resets because he's like, no, why the hell did I do this? Why did Why Just did I trust? Shuts you? him down. Why did I? And especially because like a week before it had happened as well uh, with Adam. Yes. Yes, again, you know proving better. how essential that story is in that mini yes. arc of Adam. It's there to reestablish that, like, what am I, what am I doing? I am better off alone. This is ridiculous. Like, the yeah. risk is too big. Yeah, and oh god, hit me. What? What? Why? Why is Father's Day on your list?
0: Hit me. Um, it's got that emotional punch of of this woman having to watch the father that she never knew die, and then die again, and then die again. Hmm and give it all up she has to give it all up she knows that she could have memories and a life and uh, with him and she has to and she gets she gets it and then she has to give it all up and the fucking reapers mm. which are great cool monster designs like they basically feed at the wounds of time yeah. and
1: cleanse the wound by eating mm. everything and everyone yeah. affected by it but because there's no time lords to keep them in check anymore. Because the insinuation yeah. is that the Time Lords allow them to exist. Yep. Yeah. But they keep them in check. They keep them at best. so it's like something goes wrong, the Time Lords let them eat a few people, like to clean it and then go right and they step in and they prevent and it. Fix it yeah. And now the Time Lords aren't there anymore. So they're just running them up. They're just running them up. And they're gonna keep devouring people. And it starts like there
0: and it spreads. And it's yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it's yeah. stuff like uh <laughs> The it's, kids it's, disappearing it's, it's off the swims of at the about... park. Yeah. <gasps> and little shots like that. The um The POV shots just like the red yeah. the red filter on the lens. The and, opening uh... the TARDIS to find it an empty box. That's
1: his panic is so brilliant yeah. at the
0: moment. Uh
1: the, the... because they start to affect like how time works and yep. stuff. So the the TARDIS is now just and, uh, at least in that moment, it's yes. now just a
0: police box. And creepy stuff like um the phones. Oh. Trying to phone out when it's just the Crick and Watson uh, the not Crick and Watson, um the the original the Alexander Graham Bell message. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: fuck. I, I forget about that every time. It's and so I creepy. It, I go, oh, that's really Because yeah. it,
0: even if it's, it's just an innocuous thing, it's just, Watson, well, come here, I need you. But it's that crackly quality to it and the repetition mm. of it that makes it really creepy. The driver just circling down. Yeah. So it, it, the time oh, yeah. is trying to fix itself by putting this driver mm. just in a loop. Around, not around even, the church. Not like even he, around the church. Just on one corner.
1: Yeah. And he's he's nowhere near where, where the accident happened. No.
0: But it's time like that's trying ha- so hard. Yeah. It has to fix itself.
1: And Pete's realisation.
0: That yeah, in knowing what he has When to he do. realizes
1: that he's not meant to have lit Oh my god, that's so horrible. When he first realizes it's Rose, it's really sweet. And then when he first starts to cotton on that I'm meant to have died. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be like, alive. Everything you told me about me you is a lot you fibbed. Yeah. Because you didn't you didn't want me to feel bad about not being there for you. And he takes it that personally as well. Not like you didn't want you didn't want me to worry about the fact that I was meant to have died. It's you didn't want me to feel bad that I wasn't there for you. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god and Camille Kajore's performance in this and her costume and her hair. No, <laughs> really, and Yeah, because you're going back her. to not the uh, It's like it's like eighty eight. Eighty She's nineteen in two thousand five, so uh eighty six. Yeah. She's a little bit older. Than right. 86, 87? Yeah, yeah. Um, eighty six. Yeah. So and Rose is a baby in it. So it will be eighty six. It'll yeah. be eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. And everyone is very much dressed for a wedding in 86, 87. Uh, it looked like my mum and dad's wedding photos. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I love the couple. The whole the whole period pieces. Where he's like, like I'm. We're not. We're not important. He's like, don't say that. It's like this right now. This yeah. is the most important. Eccleston's interaction with everybody in the church, like he's so pissed off with Rose, and he and Piper play that so well. But he's still reassuring to everyone else. As soon as he starts to get a grasp of how he might be able to solve it, he's keeping the cut. And then Rose when he gets control, eaten, yep, the doctor's gone. It's like, oh my god, what are they gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so good. Yeah, talking to baby Rose, you're not gonna cause the end of the world, are you? Like he's trying to set like and you almost feel like is he just joking with the baby or is he actually trying to set in her head to remember this moment and to not fuck up.
0: Yeah. Like Yeah. It's just again (laughs) I love it when the I love it when the the show leans into its time travel stuff and plays with it and this this one really does that. And also helps establish rules. Yes. That come up time and time and Mm. time again. Um Which is important. Important for genre stuff. You need rules. Rules are there to provide um, consistency, yeah. which helps,
1: the especially less... especially uh, helps in something that yeah. has such a, a big scope and a big yeah. sandbox you, if, to play. If in. If you
0: are going to ask the cu- the, the customer, <clears throat> if you are going to ask the um, the audience to suspend their disbelief, <laughs> you need to set out clear rules of what can and can't happen, so they don't have to. Their brains don't have to work as hard. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stuff you don't think about much. as you watch, yeah. and if you, can, you can, can focus on the characters and the story in the yeah. moment. And if you think about it too much, it falls apart,
1: when well, then that's not, what you, that's not what you want. Oh, God, just that imagery, when he puts the key in midair yeah. and the TARDIS just starts to appear around, it slowly... Pretty good. Oh, it's so Pretty good. fucking good. It's so good. Yes, it is. Oh, I love it. Um, what's good pick, man. What's your number seven? <laughs> number seven was a backdoor pilot for my favourite spin-off, um... And just fills me with such warm, glowy feelings, whilst also dealing with uh, themes of abandonment and and um, sort of to a level Stockholm Syndrome. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and know you know, big serious about. themes like the chips tasting rubbish. I want to seven, talk about
0: dodgy season two CGI? Mind series. Let seven, me my tell my number seven is season <laughs> two, episode three. Uh, school Reunion. School Reunion. I love it nearly School made my didn't quite make my list, but it nearly did.
1: Score reunion. The reason it made it on is because it fills me with warm fuzzies.
0: It is, yeah, it's a warm fuzzies episode.
1: It makes me so happy, and and and, and again, it's just so well shot. Um, the casting for everybody in it is superb, but it, it's the it's the the returning cast members brackets that really make it. Um, in in terms of the immediacy, you get to see what Mickey does. When everyone's away, and, yep. and and you get the series without saying it verbally, but you get that acknowledgement of the spin off media at the time of Mickey running Clive's old website. Yeah. Clive's old website. Um, Very good. You get Canine back, and the series gently mocks him through Mickey. Because he's a big. For being bit a shit. Little prop. But <laughs> then he proves his fucking metal, and you go,
0: alright. Ah, um, uh, see what you did there. Hey. Eh? Eh? Hey.
1: But especially, of course, Liz Sladen returning to the role of Sarah Jane Smith. Because, um, again, this episode, along with the Five Doctors, confirms that K-9 and Company is canon, and it yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's a great idea that he left her. As far as she's concerned, he left her. Yeah. And she didn't really get to deal with it in the Five Doctors, because the Five Doctors is, oh, my God, I've been snatching us this adventure, and, oh, here's the old Doctor. What's happening? She didn't get to confront the man who abandoned her, Yeah. as far as she's concerned. And she does now. And it's that mix of joy and and... Anger that she plays it with, but she can't stay angry for long because she's such a nice person. And she that anger, that anger, motivated her to do what he that what she presumed he would be doing, and to do that, investigate this weird stuff, delve into it, use her journalistic like background she's and skills. And just the way Anthony Head plays, like, the whole just writing a piece about me. And the school, oh. and he's just so slimy. <laughs> Anthony Head's great He's so it. good in it. Forget the shooty dog thing. He's just so good in this. He's creepy. Yes, the Krillotane CGI... Is dodgy. I would argue didn't age well then. No,
0: it, it looked dodgy when it came <clears throat> out. It looked dodgy But their now.
1: design is, is really, really good. good. Yeah. Again,
0: another great figure from the Kairos options range. Yeah,
1: and the idea that... Um, The Quilletane adapt by taking the traits of the races they have conquered or planning to conquer. Yeah, Yeah. So, like, they can look human because that's how they're going to um, claim that world and take that world, by looking human. Um, The main one, like, uh, uh, Anthony Head's character, uh, I can't remember the headmaster's name now, but his character... Uh, he, he chooses that form because he quite likes it so he stays like that but he's talking about the last planet they invaded was humanoids with really long necks and things like that it's just this idea of they just blend in they're not shapeshifters in the strict like we well, change shape they're shapeshifters in a more chameleonic sense they get yeah. there and they just adapt to look like the people of that world until they don't until they don't want it <laughs> and they're not like big old freaking bats with mugs yep. and, and, and little eyebrows uh, the little scene in the cafe where Sarah confronts the doctor and the scene outside where the doctor basically confesses to Rose why he did it. Like yeah. why he never says it's Sarah Jane. He says it's to Rose. Yeah. She's like, you gonna do that to me one day. And he's like, I never, I never age, but I live forever. Imagine watching your friends grow old and die around you. I couldn't do that. And it's so well done because it's three episodes, well, th- four episodes into this new doctor. Yeah. And he's dealing with a very heavy theme for the character. And you buy that. He's the same character we've been watching for 20 odd years. Yeah. For, for, the, for the 27 odd years of material that exists like you really, buy them as the really same character um, the rivalry, the weird rivalry between Rose who is at this point space girlfriend and Sarah Jane is great and the <laughs> way it fades into them bonding over taking the piss out of him <laughs> is wonderful, does he still stroke bits of the console? Uh, yeah. does he talk to it? Yeah, they're just pissing themselves, he looks over and he's like what? and they just start laughing it's so good, and the ending feels like a nice bit of closure for Sarah Jane because yeah. <clears throat> he, he says like he says like, "I'll see you again." She says, "No, don't. Um, just, say it. just please say, say it. it." And he says goodbye, Sarah Jane Smith, and they have a
0: big old cuddle, and he leaves. And it's like, "Oh, that's great." Oh, it makes. I'm just thinking about it; it's giving me the warm fuzzies. And
1: then it, and then it gave us the Sarah Jane Adventures. It was the backdoor pilot. Russell confessed afterwards that, "Yeah, I had an idea to do something like this. I wanted it to be Liz Sladen because she's the best." So here's a story I wanted to tell. Here's a show idea I wanted to do. If this story works well it proves that that show needs to exist. And it did. Because he then had meetings with Children's BBC and was like, right, I want to do the spin-off. And they went, do it. Give us a pilot, which was Invasion of the Bane, mm-hmm. and we'll greenlight the series. But the series was greenlit before the pilot aired because obviously during the thing working on it, the pilot, they went, yeah, no, this yeah, works. This Make gonna it.
0: This is going to work. This is going to work. Let's
1: do it. I love school reunion. What is your number seven, Sweet Baby Matthew? We've already
0: talked about this. Oh! what is it, of Mars. Hey! For all the same reasons, it's pretty damn sweet. It's isn't fucking it? great. What it's do you want me to say? What, what more can I say about the waters of Mars that hasn't already been said on this very podcast? I mean, Bowie base one, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> more do you want from me? It's great. What's <coughs> next? It's
1: a damn fine film. What's your number six? Number six for me is, I think, my only series four episode on this list. Yeah, okay. it is. Uh, in fact, I, that's something else I noticed. I love Donna. But I don't have many series four stories in this or my honourable mentions. It's midnight.
0: Oh it's I'll
1: fucking alright. Have we been recording that long? No. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha It's one of it's one of the
0: the series two and series three established a Doctor Light episode, Little yeah. Monsters and Blink, I and mean, it was a, it was a combination of like scheduling and budget reasons, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: series four gave us two. It gave us a Doctor Light episode and a Companion Light episode. Doctor Light episode the next one, which is Turn Left. But our Doctor, uh, our, our Companion Light episode is Midnight mm-hmm. episode ten, series four. My God, it's great. Doctor and Donna literally just go to a spa planet, They're like a tourism spot. Take some episode. time out. She goes and has pedicures and manicures and, and, and sauna all. sessions and massages and goes and has a whale of a time and the doctor doesn't want to do that. He's gonna go on he's gonna go on a tour. He's he's gonna go yep. see like the was it the um it's the Medusa Cascade, isn't it? Is it that one? Or is it the diamond somethings or no, whatever? It's the
0: diamonds because uh well, it's it's the diamonds reflect light it's, so it's, much that if you open the doors of the, yeah. the thing you'll get vaporized <clears throat> by the by the refracted light.
1: Oh no! That's we got the filters and all the whatces. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah cause the characters at the end get sort of, they they pull her, pull, one pulls her out of the door and so yeah. they can burn basically. Yeah. But there is something out there. There's something out there.
0: But you never really, you never see it.
1: You never see it. But they go on this thing and it's it's basically a flight. It's like what it's meant to be like six hours there.
0: Yeah, and back. It's it's, it's, it's it's like a tour bus. Yeah. But it's a flying tour bus through a di- over a diamond plane that can vaporize you if you haven't got the right shields.
1: So you go in there, you're basically gonna get oh, to the other end, stuff. you're gonna take photos, you're gonna see the sights through the windows, and then you're gonna fly back. Yeah. So there's that great bit where like the tech he downs the tech that is like the in flight system because it's just obnoxious. And he's like, Oh my gosh, we're gonna to have to talk to each other, what a shame. And it's just like this wonderful <laughs> montage room getting to know all these people and the cast members. It's a great little ensemble cast for this story. Spamming a camp. <laughs> it's great format. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. And then the pilot yes. spots something something, like a shadow or something or that moved do they? outside. Well, yeah, because he, he says he sees something move. Ah,
0: but no one else does.
1: That's no. the, it's the, it's the oh, uncertainty yeah, yeah. that makes it so good. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly, um, one of the characters, Sky, starts acting funny. She starts repeating things that people are saying, like on a delay. And it's brilliant because it's Doctor Who does possession, yes, but not in a big dark creepy mansion or or, or anything like that. It's in a bright white airplane cabin, yeah, with a batch of characters that, when introduced to us, are all kind of slightly comedic and it's... and you know they're all exaggerated, sort of like all oh, the stuffy mum and the yeah. and the emo kid and and played by Colin Morgan and um, from Merlin uh, oh God, oh God. and um you know you've got the the professor and his his apprentice and all this stuff and they are all these sort of slightly bumbling slightly character figures like the flight attendant who's a little bit too kind of annoyed that they're all not doing the protocol stuff she's trained for like she's yeah. annoyed she's annoyed they're not <laughs> she's annoyed they're not watching the in-flight entertainment Just system because watch. like that's her routine and you know and the two pilots who come across as really lovely nice guys and then the cabin sort of i think the, the the filter goes up in the cabin it, yeah. isn't it and they get
0: vaporized um and the world style yeah. yeah
1: and it's like oh okay she's possessed by something what is it and then the passengers of course start to get suspicious yeah and it becomes like we're going to the thing territory where it's the paranoia of it's... you're in on this like it's... you're you're one of them or you know you knew about this and then it starts repeating just what he's saying yeah because it realizes that it can use the paranoia.
0: It's it it's a really smart concept used in a really smart setting. Because well, all, all love, you figure out of the course yeah. of it
1: is that it's using him, and it's it's taking his knowledge. Yeah, like it, it as, as time goes on, and then is disposing of him because he's the threat. It's yeah. convincing everyone around him that he's a threat. Yeah, and it's the Doctor at his most powerless. Like he can do nothing to stop what's happening because it's the people he's trying to save who are going to kill him.
0: Yeah, it's oh, it's amazing. It's a really, really, it's really so good. good.
1: Um, and it's it's the closest modern Doctor Who has really gotten to a play, yeah. apart from maybe Heaven Sent. Yeah, yeah. Like a story where you could do this on stage. Yeah, like basically. you could you could stage this. Yeah. There's no big effect shots. You and know, you can you could just do it that way. It's... The ambiguity of the monster is, like you say, is one of the key things.
0: Yeah. It's it's those it's when you set yourself a challenge like that as a writer that you yeah. really have to bring your A game and
1: Russell brought it. Oh yeah. And also the fact he's so unnerved. Yeah. By the end, like he doesn't want to talk. You about all, you're it. Like, always, always makes worried. a joke and he's just like no. You, you're like
0: oh. You're always worried when the Doctor is unnerved. So yeah, uh, Midnight's my number six. What's your number four? six? Square. Um, <clears throat> again, another Doctor who only gets uh, one episode on this list. Oh. Um, but what an episode because it's also an episode with a classic monster it is and it's also kind of the yeah really it's the episode again Sims Tooth and Claw where this Doctor and Companion uh, relationship really kicks into gear oh, and I. slides into place season 5 Victory of the Daleks <gasps> oh
1: oh Ooh, okay now that's going to be a controversial one I think to our listeners because that episode's always sort of seen as a bit of a, a cop-out well you're fucking wrong Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah we haven't mentioned this yet but this is opinion yeah so it's not wrong but debate and conversation is is welcomed.
0: Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why it's great. I'll tell you for how, and I'll tell you for why. Victory of the Daleks. Doctor gets an uh, urgent summons from Winston Churchill, Winston Churchill which of is course. great because it's the,
1: it's the series going. Oh, yeah, this happens a lot. Yeah, you've
0: just not seen it yet.
1: Yeah, which is fine. a great it's idea. Fine. It's like um, Winston Churchill not only knows him, has a direct telephone line to yeah, the Doctor's Tardis, of course. and knows him that well that he understands he's got a different face this time. He's just
0: the Brigadier, but World War Two.
1: Yeah. And kind of up for it, instead yeah. of sort of, oh, it? here we well, go he again.
0: Because he wants to get his hands on the tidies <laughs> so he yeah. can win the war. We win the war. He's
1: brilliant. Um, I know we take the piss where we do like, Doctor, what happened to time? But it's because it's, it's, it's such a wonderfully balanced caricature slash yes. performance. Bill
0: Patterson does another great guest turn as well yes. in this, as the, as the professor. As a, a um, Professor Sitwell? Yes. Yeah,
1: he's really good in this. Um... Oh, that entire last bit where him and Amy connect. That's a beautifully written bit of dialogue and performance. That's what I
0: mean. One of the reasons why this is such a great episode, it's like you want someone to understand the Matt Smith era with with Amy in a... Peasley boy. episode. Yeah. Whack it in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah.
0: This is what you didn't like. It is a distillation of all the great stuff. And it's a Dalek story and it's a good Dalek story. Mm. And it's the Daleks being creepy because they are posing as British built Robotic drones. I am your soul. The, yeah, iron which science. which we haven't
1: heard since Evil of the Dark. Power, of, Power the of the
0: Daleks. Yeah, um, I am your servant. Uh. And then at the end, you get
1: this, which is nice. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of a modern homage to a, a story yeah, that we can't really see anymore. Although now we've got a version we well, can watch, yeah. but yeah,
0: it's consistency through theme <laughs> of it is what it's. Dalek stories are always at their best when they. Not necessarily reference the history of the Daleks in like a John Peel writing BBC yeah. books sort of way, where he's like, "I'm going to redcon all of the Dalek stories into one timeline, it's going to make no sense." I don't know if that's what John Peel sounds like. I doubt, I doubt it. Um, not John Peel, the DJ. John Peel. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, like wait a minute, person, person. that was it. Um, uh, but also, <laughs> uh, at the end, I mean you get a spitfire dogfight with a dalek ship in space danny boy, to, uh, Broad sword to danny to boy. the uh broadsword
1: danny boy doctor yeah oh my god um that's pretty yeah the visual of that is very
0: cool and i also really really like the new dalek paradigm the new dalek designs that they're in this episode i Fucking love them. I
1: don't hate them, and it's it,
0: especially when they chrome them up later. Yeah, they look tasty. And I and it, really, but it's too late. Really mm. pisses me off that they never used, they never went into, they just chicken out. Yeah,
1: like we don't know what the. I think to this day, Mark Gaitis is the only person who knows what the Eternal is. Yeah. Um, and again, like it's imposing, and, and a, another reason they said the reason for the height of them. Oh, they're massive. Yeah, but the, the reason they're like six four six five. Is because
0: of their two lead stars. Yeah, Matt Smith and Karen Gillan are two of the tallest people in the world. <laughs> it's in the Guinness Book of Records and everything. It's don't, not. Don't look it up. They but it tall. is in there. But they don't are. look it up. They are tall, but they're not. Back, I remember because I was actually an active user on uh, Gallifrey Base back then.
1: You're an active were, user. Yeah. Oh, on Gallifrey Base, right? Gallifrey yeah,
0: gotcha. And there were a lot of jokes about Amy's endless legs. <clears throat> in- okay. <laughs> it just went on. Forever. Infinite legs. Yeah. Ta- tra- just, dimensionally,
1: dimensionally transcendental length. Yeah, to so just, just they, keep going. They're
0: a universal constant. They're all. She's so tall and long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, but they, they were they were made taller to fit those actors because they thought if we're gonna have Dalek stories going on for the next few years, but I love. I just love the chunkiness of them. I'm like I'm looking around your office here. We've got one, two, three. Yeah, there's four. There, there's,
1: there, between that one there and that bit there. Five, there's six, the paradigm. Seven. There's a couple Asylum versions. Uh, there's a chromy blue. There's the
0: stone one.
1: Yeah, the stone Eight, nine, one. Yeah,
0: ten, eleven. I can see eleven new Paradigm Daleks in this room. I've got the stone one. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. No, um... oh, twelve because you got the big fucker.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and there's a couple in the living room as well.
0: I love, I love it. them. I just yeah.
1: love the. I love the chunkiness of them. If you want to see them put to use, the stories aren't necessarily blow your mind. But if you want to see them put to use, uh, there's.
0: Um, I'll just double check the names of them. They're here on my shelf.
1: ha! <laughs> There's uh,
0: the only good Dalek. Oh yeah, I'm fair. I, I, I've heard of this. I, I'm not ready. I've heard and of
1: this. the Dalek Project, two BBC Books original graphic novels, which. Didn't sell phenomenally well, which is why they then never picked up the Russell T Davies pitch for a graphic novel that he wanted to do during the 11th Doctor's era. Yep. Um, which sucks, because that would have been amazing. But those books, you, you get to see the drones and the strategists primarily. Yeah. You get to see the weapons cachet being used, the idea that they have different armaments inside the torso. Oh, that's cool. Uh, inside the skirt
0: that then come out of that hatch at the back
1: and swivel Oh, yeah, because it was going
0: to, yeah, they swivel around on the, on the ring. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah.
1: You never got to see any of this oh. in the show,
0: but it, the
1: the books do delve into it a bit. I would have loved that. And I, and I and I do I do like the fact that it looked like we were going to get more with them. Like in Asylum, the Supreme is one of those Supremes. Yes, and he's being guarded by two drones. Yeah, and then the rest of them are the Bronze. So it's like fine, whatever. Whatever. But you know, like I, I get people's criticisms, but I agree with you in terms of like the story, yeah. the way it is a nod to a previous. Dalek tale, and it's
0: just a you know, it's it's um, it's forty five minutes of good tea. You don't need to know much about the Daleks. If anything, you mm-hmm. don't need to know much about the show. It's
1: just it just throws you in, and it's the first proper nice little setup of the ongoing mystery where he's like, "Wait, how do you not know what these are?" To Amy, he's like, "They invaded your planet not yeah, too long yeah. ago. How do you not know what they are?" And it's the first kind of thing of, "Huh."
0: What's what, going on? What's
1: here. happening? And then, of course, that great shot at the end when the TARDIS dematerializes and on the wall behind where the TARDIS was. Is the crack? It's the crack. Good shot, actually. Yeah, uh, do you know what? As weird as it sounds, I'm glad it's in your top 10. I, I'm glad I like it's that episode 10, getting a
0: bit more love. Because I like
1: that episode. Number five. Number five. This is the most recent story. Okay. On my list. On your list? It's also uh, the only one featuring this incarnation. Although I'm gonna add an honorable mention actually. Because yeah, there's one yeah. I've just there's one I've just remembered and I'm gonna add a chuffing honourable uh mention. Yeah. But uh this is the only story from this doctor in my top ten. And it's Rosa. Rosa
0: from series Rosa, 11. Rosa, Rosa Parks. Yeah, um, not 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 no. Rosa Diaz. Sorry. I love I love me. <laughs> Beautiful
1: Rosa. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I loves me a historical, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I really love, love a historical. historical. And they are very few and far between, and they're very few and far between without there being a big elaborate alien CGI beastie in it or mm. something. Mm. Um, I get it. You want to hold your young audience's attention. In modern day, that kind of has to be the hook for a historical, your alien interference. Yeah, Which yeah. is why Rosa was so pleasantly... Visually, visually, um, low key. Our alien interference to the story was a time traveler who was humanoid, and probably human, and not a big weird beastie. And that's because Mallory Blackman understood going into writing this episode. Yeah, this is this is something so sensitive mm-hmm. culturally, racially, that to trivialize it. By doing what you would normally do with a Doctor Who historical, mm-hmm. would not work. It would be insulting, oh, and, it, and it imagine. would it would get rid of the point of what this episode is there to do, which is to educate. Can can it, it's you Doctor Who.
0: Imagine them doing this with mm. Steve, under Stephen
1: Moffat. You know, I could, but I I don't think they'd handle it with. That's what I mean, like because he, he wouldn't have hired Mallory Blackman to
0: write it. He wrote it himself, yeah, because he thinks he's a genius.
1: No, genius is the wrong word clever uh, um no uh, i but but i think it, it's synonyms. it's to do with mallory blackman and her approach yeah it's to do with those lead performances yes it's again to do, one but, thing i really love and a lot of people a lot a cop out for series 11 to a lot of people is uh the villains like there's not been really many villains and the ones that have been haven't been that interesting mm, well do you know what I'm fine for that, for this, because Crasco to me, is the most diabolical villain in the series. And I don't mean that in, like, a top Trump's way. I mean that in a, he's the most appropriate villain for the story. Because Crasco's motivation in Rosa... Yes. ...is basically
0: racism. It is racism. It is, it is, and, it is explicitly racism. And yeah.
1: not even on a, like, I want to wipe out humans, or I want to wipe out black people. It's, I hate black people. Yeah. And this was the first significant movement socially for black people mm-hmm. on planet Earth. So I want to set you all back. And and he doesn't say it that explicitly. He just says, you need to be put in your place to write. Yes. That's all he says. Yeah. It's horrible. Because when you realize it, you're like, oh, God, he's a racist. And then we joke about it. We, we, we joked about it on here, Like, oh, space racist. Space racist. The wacky adventures of space racist. Yeah. Um
0: but sure. it
1: is it is horrible it's just horrible. And people going like "that's stupid." It's like, "Really?" Because that's a monster that exists now. And is that's it, he's a criminal and a murderer and he's gotten hold of a vortex again. It's series 11 sort of one dab into continuity the vortex manipulator and the mention of the Stormcage facility which is where he was kept, the prison that River Song was kept in. Um his motivation isn't I'm going to go back and stop my crimes from being found out or I'm going to go back and murder more people it's not even I'm going to go back and murder Rosa Parks it's I'm Mm -hmm. going to go back and make sure she doesn't end up standing up on that bus and and making a point Uh, sorry making a stand not standing up she didn't stand up that's why it was a stand in the first place but I'm going to make sure that that day doesn't happen yeah I'm going to make sure she's just arrested and that's it the be all and end all or she goes and sits in the back Or she's not on that bus at all. And, like, oh, God. I didn't know the Rosa Parks story, like, too well. I knew that it was she fought against the system and it was to do with the segregation on the buses and everything. Yeah. And that her fighting against the system started many conversations that eventually led to America starting to reassess what the fuck it was doing. Mm Mm-hmm. That's as much as I knew. Doctor Who taught me more about her as a person her activism the fact that she was very much somebody fighting for african-american rights uh, alongside it all Mm -hmm. it wasn't just a random happenstance that then spun into this like she made that decision knowing what it would where it would get her and using it to further her cause and it's so admirable they also don't do too much sci-fi hijinks around it. They don't muddy the waters. They definitely don't make the mistake of making it so that the Doctor and her friends are the reason she does it. Mm-hmm. They just ha- they just make sure that it still happens. So as far as that, Rose that, that, is concerned, yeah. as far as Rose is concerned, that's her day. That's what happens. She makes a decision. It's definitely her agency. We as the viewers know that that day almost didn't happen because of this guy and they make sure it still happens they don't rob her of her agency or her decision making which is great you can be fantastical and interact with historical figures in other stories but for this there was a way to handle it Mm -hmm. i like the fact that it didn't shy away from modern racism i like the fact that it didn't shy away from some choice words on primetime family tv on bbc one um i think it is Particularly toasting Cole's strongest performance in the series, um, simply because he's very underplayed as an actor. He plays things yeah. very quietly. I think
0: I think he gets more you material f- to get his teeth into in resolution. But yeah,
1: On a true. But but yeah. I, in this, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but series eleven, unquote. You know, like it's it's yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's his quiet anger to what's happening, yes. and his, de- his defiance to it on his modern sensibilities. It's Graham working the buses. It's the, it's the Steve Jobs joke, it's the Banksy joke,
0: it, it's and it's, it's Jody's, really, It really zings,
1: and it's Jodie's first scene where I went. There's the Doctor, which yeah. is when she goes back to confront him alone. Yeah, I really like Rosa. I I love her historical, and I think that is near to the best it gets in the modern era. Yes, but there is one more I like slightly better. What is mm-hmm. your number five? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the only two part are on my list. Oh, mints. and they come as a pair. Um, back to season two again. Oh, oh, right. Three uh, to pick and, from. I'm intrigued. And the uh, again, a really solid example of the Rose and Tenant dynamic, which just helped make that show work so well at that time. Yeah. Um, as well as some great creepiness and atmosphere and setting it is god i'm so happy for this the impossible planet slash the the satan Satan pit i mean the second episode's called the satan pit yeah like come the fuck on how can you not love that the beast and his army shall rise from the pit to wage war with god
1: the ood, the yeah. fucking ood, great, an amazing design. These, just these, these freaking. Really... What's the thing? If you're doing a story dealing with Satan, why not make your aliens look like they've come straight from
0: Lovecraft? They are fucking brilliant, and they're gentle. Yeah, they're not. They're, I was and, and, I would and say, sympathetic, and then terrifying. I would say they're horrifying, but in and of themselves, they're not. Yeah, they look just look cool and weird. Yeah, and then but then yeah, then they have glowing red eyes, and then they're scary. Yeah, and they're, they're crawling down very, vents. Very uh, threatening things. Then their
1: communication orbs can electrocute you to death. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, my God. Um, I love this story so much. I love it's it. It's just. So much. Uh, Gabrielle yeah. Wolf, what a genius decision oh, that to cast voice. him as the voice of Satan slash the beast. Because it, you're instantly. Don't turn around. You're instantly widening the mythology of the show yeah. by harking back to something else in a way that doesn't distract. Because of course, Gabrielle Wolfe was the voice of Sutek. Also, in if the I remember correctly, of Pyramids of
0: Mars was my number one classic story, wasn't it? It
1: was. And, yeah. and of this course, Pyramids of Mars, huh, Sutek is a Sutek is effectively Satan, the devil of yeah. Egyptian mythology, and of, of, of that, you know that the the, the 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 setup of mythology comes from. They suggest that he's he is a deity in a thousand different things, and this that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And this just confirms it. We don't know if it's the same character. Uh, but yeah, it's doubtful, but yeah, it's doubtful the same character, but it's definitely from the same cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Maybe it is the same being in a different form. Yeah, it it's uh, it's not flat out going. This is the devil. It's yeah. This is this could be the thing that inspired the devil. And even the, even the doctor's the unsure. Yeah, he's like, wh- I don't know what this is. It's like if devils an earth myth. Why is it trapped inside this fucking planet? By like, ancient, I mean ancient race. Means. Yeah, um, it's it's event horizon. Yeah. It's aliens. Um, it's it's base under
0: siege. Oh,
1: it's very good.
0: <laughs> Fucking it's hell! It's very good. Again,
1: characters you feel sorry for when they get bumped off.
0: Yeah, it's a two part. So the cast gets room to breathe.
1: Rose and the Doctor is... having that conversation about you might have to stop yeah, traveling. They might have down. to settle down and get a home. He's like me with a mortgage. Can you imagine that? And, <laughs> Oh god. A lot of and
0: hesitance and sadness in him as well. But at, well, at the same time, that, like he, he's comforted by the
1: note, the note that he if he has to stop now, yeah. it's with her. And you can see that Rose is devastated that they might lose this life, but like, isn't isn't upset by the notion of maybe settling down and having a home with the doctor. hmm And then of course it's we realise later it's foreshadowing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. as soon as it's soon f- foreshadowing. Happens. For something that doesn't happen for another two and a half seasons. Yeah. Like
0: But it's also oh my God. at that point right in Writing's are you like, yeah, they're gonna get torn apart in a uh in a heart-wrenching moment.
1: Cause in a series that does put some people off, like oh Space Boyfriend, Space Girlfriend, we've discussed this before, especially on the podcast that is yeah, ten. Yeah. That is so by design, on purpose, because it's a part of his character arc as well as this second series yes. character arc. But this episode is the least sickly that relationship is to to folks. Like yeah. It's the, least, it's the I least the least soppy it is. It doesn't really get It's that very human
0: sickly. Like No
1: well there's moments like the series like the whole, you know, the way they're bantering and yelling at each other, the big the, cuddles and the, all this The closest to uh
0: sickliness it gets is the the goodbye at bad wolf bay at the end of doomsday but it's so but earned even that because that, that's
1: Ro- it's yeah. so earned because rose is our main character and we as viewers are about to say goodbye to it two, yeah. two series in um in an yeah. era of television yeah. where we have characters and we stick with them for like six seven years and it's like oh god we're saying bye to rose already Yeah, and i mean this is she's so good in this he's so good in this yeah the actor who plays toby doesn't Excellent job in this. What is that, I'm going to look it up. Keep it proper freaky. And and just the merging of the voice and the tats. That shot of him, oh my god, outside the base. And yeah. like, Suki sees him and she's like, the fuck. And then she gets. Something happens with the airlock. And then the next we see of her is her body floating by the, the observation Honestly, bomb. the
0: imagery in this. In the this idea that the planet they're
1: on shouldn't amazing. still be there. Yep. It because, should be in that black Because hole. it should be pulled into that black hole. Yeah. And then you realize it's not there through sheer force of will of the beast; it's keeping itself from being dragged into oblivion. Mm-hmm. And then when they shatter his protections, it gets dragged into oblivion—the the the bottomless pit, the, the titular Satan pit. Like, yeah. And the the, the thing he has, the thing he, the speech <laughs> he has about that, about like sometimes you just want to, you see the abyss, you don't know what's in there but to find out would be incredible. Uh-huh. And you just hear that little voice in the back of your head saying, jump, go.
0: Uh-huh. All that
1: stuff is so good. Who who wrote that story?
0: Uh, who wrote Impossible
1: Planet Satan Pit?
0: It wasn't the Moffat, was it? it was... No, he,
1: his was uh, Go in the
0: Fireplace for Series 2. James Strong. No, not James Strong. Matt Jones.
1: Matt Jones. Yeah. Why did Matt Jones not write again for the show?
0: Matt Jones. What else did Matt Jones write? He wrote some Torchwood. Uh, what else did he write what else did he write um, he wrote a bit of Stan Lee's Lucky Man you know he wrote that he wrote a bit of Dirk Gently the, oh he wrote the he wrote the 2012 Dirk the the 2010 miniseries Dirk Gently he oh Stephen Mangan. yeah yeah he wrote that uh, or on an episode of that yeah but yeah he only did the two episodes for uh, for Doctor Who what was the Torchwood one he did um, I'm not going to look it up now but yeah um, get him back get Tribunal. him back get, him, get back. him on the show again um yeah, and
1: the it. the Ood are probably the the closest thing to the weeping angels to like visually iconic creatures to come out of the modern era of the show. Yes. So much so that two series later they went, "Right, let's give the Ood another episode and delve into the the reasons behind why they do what they do and why they're fine with it."
0: It's it's excellent. It is oh, really that's excellent. It's a good pick, man. Uh I, again, if you want to get someone hooked on Doctor Who, that's definitely if you've got an hour and a half, that's one you can show show them those two episodes. Oh, God it's cracking watching number four
1: you want to talk Basin to Siege you want to talk claustrophobic trying to escape a creature that is relentless and will stop at nothing yes you want to talk about developing on the classic mythology without overwhelming new viewers but at the same time servicing the story arc of the story and season you're currently watching yes you want to talk about the seminal freaking peak performance of your lead actor throughout the series up to that point you want to talk about an iconic adaptation of something that was already kind of interesting but it's even better when you move it to visual you want to talk About reinventing a pop cultural icon, bringing it into the modern day and still surprising viewers and fans of the classic run. You want to talk about Cold War? No. (laughs) You want to talk Ultravox? No. um, (laughs) It's 2005's Dalek. Fuck yeah, it is. Is my number four pick. Yes. Dalek is incredible. And again, Rob Sherman, why did he not write for the show again? Uh, Holy shit. What an episode.
0: He definitely moved away from using writers who've done spin-off stuff before, apart from the people who were already really famous.
1: But think about that, though. We are introduced to the Dalek for the first time, a lot of us. Um, We are reintroduced to the Dalek for the rest. It's a design that has let's face it, that is probably the best bit of design the new, the modern series has ever come up with for anything from the mythos of Doctor Who. Well, redesigned. Because it I mean. has lasted yeah. so long. Yeah. Because it's just perfect. I mean, look at the bronze Dalek. Like, of, course, of course, we would like to see something new. The paradigm nearly gave okay. us that. You know. Granted, absolutely. Experiment. But yes. that, that design has stood 14 years yes. of the reboot. And it's... The classic Daleks mm. never lasted more than like four or five years before having a big redesign in some way it is quality stuff it, it looks like a tank but we get to meet the creature inside the tank first mm-hmm. we get to see a bit of how it feels when it realizes there is no mission anymore as far as it knows like as far as it is able to thingy yeah there is no one to fight alongside there is no time lord enemy to eradicate what happens when the monster is just this thing in a tank? And it does despair. Before Rose even interacts with it, it does despair. Like, it's, yeah. I am alone in the, the universe. And the, the thought of
0: a, a, a Dalek having that sort of pathos is, it's, it's, is it's, of. it's powerless
1: and discovers that it's the last of its kind. And you get to play off what that means to the Doctor... And what that means to both of them as the last of their kind. Yeah. Nick Br- I think it's Nick Briggs' finest performance as a Dalek, if that makes any sense. Like, he does great work um, as the Daleks. And when he gets to play around, like, in Resolution or in Stolen Earth Journey's End with characters yeah. like that, he, he's, he, he excels. In he loves stories. doing that. He excels in those he stories. He loves but, getting
0: on with that stuff.
1: But this is so good. Because, again, like... Artron energy, Rose touching the freaking shell of the Dalek is enough for it to basically, in that moment, be its most Daleky. It's just mm-hmm. like that. That moment where it's just like systems reviving, and it's just like that build of the voice as you suddenly go, "Oh God." Oh yeah, it's ready, and that that ex that mix of dread and excitement of like they're screwed, but also we can't wait to see what the modern series is gonna do with a Dalek. Let's see. <laughs> it, it's the smart decision of going, hey, look at how dangerous one is. Yeah, it takes out a whole base of trained military personnel. Yeah, um, you feel for Rose that bit where the door closes. You're like, she's dead. Like she is going to die now. Yep. The doctor's fear and anger and and everything like he's boiling everything he feels, everything he hates about himself and about what the Daleks did and what the Daleks did to his people. He boils it down and aims it at this one, at first helpless creature. Mm-hmm. Um, the supporting cast again fantastic van staten his secretary adam works really well in the story for what it is because it's that that normalcy it's for rose to bounce off of somebody who doesn't have all the weight of what her co-star is going to deal with in this story so it's a smart decision um to kind of have that you know oh and everything's fine it's set in the far off distant future of 2012 um it's uh but smartly in a billionaire's Military slash ex- exhibition space underground, so it won't age. When it got to twenty twelve, it didn't look out of place. No, um, which was great. Um, unlike other episodes set in twenty twelve, you're destroying a council road with a council axe.
2: I'm reporting you to the council. Um,
1: <laughs> Dalek, Dalek is phenomenal, and it's it's some of the best performances in the shows uh, in the shows. Run ever in the fifty plus years, Dalek is one of its finest Just. episodes, and I would argue if you like rate, rate um rating Dalek stories, yeah, it's gotta be in your top two. it has to be because it is the perfect example, it's the perfect bottling of why yeah. those monsters work and, yeah and and, and it, how effective they can and be. it had such an uphill battle yeah well forty forty odd years of of people like either getting used to them or just knowing them as that weird thing with the funny voice in those that, clip shows that can't climb stairs yeah and and it tackles that head on because nobody wants Remembrance so yeah but it tackles it head on <laughs> but it, it's, I, I look at it now a more revelation as, for that man. I look at it now more as a refresher like that, that guy yes. is a refresher to say to people who maybe didn't pay attention hey oh. guess what it's going to fucking float up after you and kill you <laughs> This
0: is what the Daleks were
1: about. That is one of the eeriest line readings in the show. Mm.
0: Elevate. <laughs> and it just starts to hover. It's like, oh, God. Very Dalek good. is amazing. and It's very, then, very good. There's a reason
1: that it is a lot of people's favourite Dalek story. It's my number four in my top ten. What about you? What's your number four? I'm surprised we haven't had that much crossover, really. But that's kind of what's brilliant about the show. It can go anywhere, be anything, do anything. So there's so many to choose from.
0: But we yeah, are definitely going to choose the same sometimes. Oh, okay. Because this, this one's Rosa. Hey.
2: <laughs> 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 um.
0: Again, my only pick for for Jodie's. I mean, she's only got one series. What? What do you want me to pick? <laughs> um. I've got. But I really, really enjoyed like season eleven. I really, mm. really d- dug it. And I've always, I, I, think... thought, I thought it was overall, yeah.
1: But again,
0: when it hit its peaks, it hit its peaks. Yes, and Rosa was was a hell of a peak, yeah. as we've already talked about. Um, it's it uses that sci-fi setting and framing to tell a really human story and a really important story to these times. Mm. It's the, it's similar to um, uh, what was it? I say it's similar to the. Um, the other episodes that I've mentioned, where it's the it's the episode where the Doctor and companion dynamic shifts into gear, mm. similar to yeah. Tooth and Claw, similar to Victory of the Daleks, it's where that really kicks off. Um, so it's, like it's... R-
1: Ryan and um, Graham especially in yeah. this one, yeah. and Ryan and Yaz's scenes together are wonderfully done. And yeah, but the Doctor also like acknowledging how capable they are. Yeah, like Ryan gets. Beat in the face early in the story, and yet when he's about to leave into a neighborhood in a potentially dangerous situation for a young black man in America at that time, oh yeah, he gives them the whole like I'll be fine, and you see the doctor sort of trusts him enough, and is like, okay,
0: like she, she gives
1: them she gives them agency, she looks out for them, but she doesn't hold them back if she feels that
0: you know they they can handle themselves. They've all got spines and backbones and capabilities and skills and. <sighs> I'm watching. Oh, when they all have to watch, they get <sighs> kicked off the bus.
1: And Graham's the Graham's <sighs> the passenger that
0: it's wonderful. She has to deny a seat to. It's just wonderful. And there was, there was so much I liked about Series Eleven, and I think it can all be encapsulated by. Again, it's an episode you show someone if you want to get into Doctor Who. Right? Mm. This is what the show can be at its best. Yeah. Rosa. Boom.
1: Especially the people who are like, oh, is it just like daft aliens and stuff? It's like, right. Not
0: this time. Sit down and watch this. Yeah. it's a Time travel show. Hot diggity. Um, Number three for you, cooker. (laughs) Short and sweet. We only spoke
1: about it about five minutes ago. (laughs) My number three is the series two, two two-parter, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. I don't know if there's more that can be said. It's dark. It's scary visually it's fantastic it's one of the few episodes to get a playset. set yeah like i've got it up there it's yeah. this there's, there's the, 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 the elevator the, the elevator that they're lowered down in and everyone's got an elevator somewhere yeah but do you know what <laughs> I mean? it's like one of the few episodes that sort of visually was enough that people went like character options even went like yeah we have to make things of this story yeah um it gave us one of the more iconic aliens of the modern series uh tenant and piper are on top form the supporting cast are excellent it's creepy. That ending's creepy as fudge as well. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. What's your number three, Baby Cake? Again, one we have already talked about. Really? Oh, my God. Uh, I had no compunctions about putting this one on the list due to Hyper Bowl because I fucking love it. Blink? Blink. Oh, nice. I think it's great. Again, uh, <laughs> really encapsulates what the series can do in terms of genre bending. And it's probably the best example of, a, of well, the closest thing you got to a straight up horror story in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um and it and that harkens to me back to the early Tom Baker stuff of where they were just doing horror stories with time yeah. travel and I love that shit. That is my jam. <laughs> it's your jam, son. Yeah. And I don't mind it when the doctor's barely in it, because in a way, they're not just the main character of the show. The doctor is also the framing device to allow you to tell those stories, so it doesn't matter if they're not in it. Yeah. Or in it very little. Because the story matters at the end of the day. Um, and, yeah, Blink's a great example of that. It's Sally Sparrow's story. The Doctor's presence just enables it to happen.
1: Do you know what else for re- us to see it. One thing I'm just randomly remembered about the story that I really like. What? The idea that there's forums online on, like, conspiracy <laughs> sites where people are trying to figure out who this dude is. And yeah. And try and make a complete list of DVDs where he appears. Yeah. Because it's the same message, isn't it? It's just been scattered on 17 DVDs. And people yeah. are trying to figure out, like, why? Why? great idea why is this god damn it god damn it um also what a great idea for a monster threat like yes they and it's a shame i, I understand that they diverge from this mo- this method in their next story yeah and it's used it's used really well in time of the angels oh uh, sorry um, angels take manhattan or whatever it is the angels in manhattan whatever it is but um wow there are two stories in the modern era with in manhattan in the title yes um <laughs> How weird. Mm. Uh, and both take <laughs> no. place around well, the same time. Manhattan. Both take place around the same time. Oh. That's strange. Uh I think Ang- I think the Angels strange. one's a bit later but still. Um but yeah, just the idea that that they don't kill you. They shove you back in time. Yeah. And live off the energy of the days you would have lived out they live off the energy of your
0: potential existence the, the, just the
1: the, the the it's what a great idea again when moffat gets yeah.
0: fairy tale it works really when, well when yeah when he's when he's good he's very good and when he's bad he's dreadful when he's bad he's well speaking of his
1: <sighs> speaking of his highlight year and the fairy
0: tale year oh yeah Are we talking your number 2 my number
1: 2 yeah yeah is my favorite historical of the modern run yeah it's a simple, daft little story from its sci-fi perspective, yeah. but from its human story, it's fucking wonderful and has one of the best guest performances in the show's run. Okay. It has one of the few uses of a pop song within the show, but its use of it makes me cry like a baby in arguably one of the best uh, scenes in the show's history. Yeah. It's the Richard Curtis penned 2003. Yeah. Ten story. Yeah.
0: Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah. I'm. I'm so.
1: Even talking about it, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit wiggly.
0: I'm a little dissatisfied with myself that this isn't on my top ten because it is so good. It is one of the high points of the show.
1: I mean, what a great! It has such a great setup. Like they're literally at the um, the gallery, in, the French gallery, and they're looking at Van Gogh exhibit. Not because, 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 like, that's yeah. just that, that's their day out that day. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. doctor and Amy's day out that day. And in the run of the series, it's great because it's him distracting her with nice fun days out because she's sad and she doesn't know why, and he knows why. Yes, because of the events of the Silurian two and what happened to Rory. Um, and that's the only thing in it that stops it being a standalone. There's that very brief bit um, with uh, him knowing uh, Vincent knowing that something's wrong. Yeah. Um and then I think it's at Vincent and the Doctor, is it Is it the very end of Vincent and the Doctor where she finds the wedding ring? No, that's the next episode, isn't it? I think she finds the wedding ring in uh, his pocket. I think so, yeah. But um yeah, it's uh it yeah, it, it, it's standalone in every other aspect and like they're just on a day out at the gallery. That's so th- that was their adventure that day. Yeah. They would literally just go in and look at a Van Gogh exhibition. It's
0: it's lovely. It's what a so great lovely. idea.
1: And oh look, Bill Nye in a little, um, a little bow tie, little, little little cameo. That's kind of fun. And also, I realized afterwards the bow tie thing is Matt Smith, but it also made me laugh. It's like Bill Nye uh, as a professor of art in this case, yeah. in a bow tie, yeah, which is very similar to the other Bill Nye, the science guy, <laughs> the science guy who wears bow ties um, and has a very similar look to Bill Nye's character in this story. Oh, Tony Curran's incredible. Oh, Vincent Tony Bango. Curran's Vincent is. Just Wonderful. So good. Um, the notion of it being a creature that he puts into one of his paintings. Yeah. And they just spot it and go, right, that's not meant to be there. Implying that it hasn't been there before, but that day the doctors noticed it. Yeah. Which again feeds into the show's thing of time is in flux, things yeah, can change. Yeah, things,
0: things are all over the place.
1: So they go back to investigate. And it's not a story of them going back to stop an evil alien world ending threat. It's a story. <laughs> On uh, on the sci-fi level, it's a story of them going back to stop a lost, invisible, giant chicken from murdering people. Yeah, pretty much. And then it turns out, actually, from damaging itself because it's scared and blind and frightened. And that's why it's been left behind. And it's like, oh my god, that's really sweet. Yeah, and um, so, many,
0: so many monsters in Who, and in a lot of good sci-fi... They're not monsters. Mm. They're creatures. Like there are baddies, animals. There that are baddies, are or there are monsters. In misunderstood case, creatures. Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: misunderstood monster, and that's done so well. Yeah. And again, loose continuity nods with the, him looking in the the, the 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 present he got from like an uncle or whatever it was, or an auntie, a <laughs> wedding present or whatever it was. Yeah. And 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 he sort of looks into it, so it recognises, it scans his face because it's about scanning things. Yeah. He get a little printout. You see Hartnell's face starting to come out. And you start to see a trout and photo and they just move on. And you're like, Very that's, good. that's cute. Very that's good. a cute continuity nod.
0: I do love I do love good continuity.
1: Um, but Tony Curran is the reason oh, this works so well. Him, so him and Karen and Matt's interplay. It's wonderful. The way the story deals with depression. The way the story deals with a historical figure who's known to be troubled. But in modern palance, modern times, not necessarily known to be someone. And we all know him as this amazing artist. Yeah. That was not his life. No, he was he. He was, was, was not and, and hated as, yeah. as a village sort of, like the village pest. Yeah, um, and it was because people shunned him in events to do with like his family and stuff, but also because he was depressed. People in that they didn't get it, or at least they didn't understand it in a way where they would talk and communicate. He was shunned. He was seen as a freak,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's they they tell it with such care, and they also don't gloss it. They don't... By the end, he still took his own life. He still was troubled. There's the scene where they go... Matt goes to him. uh, Matt. The (laughs) the Doctor goes to him. Me. And he can't talk to him because he's just in this rage, this fit of rage and and panic in the middle of the episode. It's like, it goes nowhere. It doesn't take the story anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, life isn't a simple structure, of beginning, middle, end. The hero's going to do this, that, the other. It's, It's not like that. And it isn't like that for him, but the notion that they, at least for one day, help him realize that what he does matters, and people will see the world the way he sees it—not yet, mm. but don't worry. Like it isn't for nothing. The 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 freaking scene in the gallery at the end. I can oh, watch man. that on its own, oh, and man. I feel
0: oh god. I think I need to watch Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah, I just and it's not even in my top 10 and i need to watch it thank it's, you
1: it's it's the it's the pop song it's it's perfectly chosen for that edit yeah. it's the shots it's bill's narration um and the way that's written it's tony's performance like oh my god it's
0: it's wonderful it's it is wonderful television
1: and then the fact that they don't stick with them yet they no. they leave and the camera stays with yeah. dr black as the character the camera stays with him for a moment before he sort of tweaks like
0: wait a minute <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy who he spent
1: his life studying and he admires above all else and he knows his collection inside and out it's like didn't even realise he was just fucking talking to him yeah. like it's so oh I love Vincent and the Doctor so much oh, and it, it, it's it's series 5 is one of my faves and, and I do adore it I, I thought love a fairy tale nature gone. But that episode is the standout I'm, to me from Series Five. I'm it's, disappointed. It's the, it's
0: the standout story. I'm disappointed that I couldn't fit more Series Five in my top ten. But there's just so much no, right. Eccleston and Tennant that I really, <laughs> really love that I just I just couldn't make room for it. Well, in that case, um, would you
1: like to slap a big fat
0: number two position on me? Yeah. Uh, again, when we've already talked about one of the highlights of. Um, that first Eccleston series, mm. and absolutely vital, I think, in making the show the success it was, um, and still is. But like, yeah. like they had to get this right. Mm. They had to get this reintroduction right, or it would not land. Yeah, and that's Dalek. Dude, and it had to be. Yeah, it had to be as good as it is. And just think, or as well, it wouldn't work for a period
1: of time in the behind the scenes. They weren't allowed to use the Daleks No. That story was gonna be about what effectively later they reused the Toclane. Yeah. It was gonna be a Dalek fill-in.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was more sinister. Um and that's it. Like but you're right, like the the gravity of of, of yeah of, of what that episode had to achieve should never be underestimated. No.
0: They had to make the Daleks, which had become a joke in the last thirty, forty years. Even since even since the Daleks have first been around, they've always been seen as kind of like cheesy and corny by people who don't like the show, and even by people who do like the show.
1: Yeah, like you part, part of the fun of them a is threat again. part of the fun of them is the stories where they're a bit naff. Yeah, Tom Baker recently said in an interview he's been doing the interviews he's been doing for his book. Um, he said recently uh, he was asked, I think it was by Emily Cook from DWM on the Doctor YouTube yeah. video. She said, Who who the viewers asked, Who are your favourite monsters? And he said, The Daleks it has to be the Daleks because they're so rubbish, aren't they? <laughs> and he but he always he talks about it from the POV of the Doctor. He doesn't yeah, say they're yeah. rubb- like the rubbish. He says, like, they never learn. And that's why he loves them. Like they're so stuck in their way. Yeah. That's why he finds them compelling. They never change and they never listen. And they never, uh, they never assume the Doctor's going to be able to defeat them, and that's why he loves them because they're so stupid.
2: <laughs> and it's like
1: that's great, but that's him, that's him they're coming from files. the POV of the yeah. Doctor, which they're I think is really files. nice. But, um, it, but it's true, like that there is charm in their naffness, but they can be a threat. They can and be scary. This makes them a threat again. In a their big initial bad way. story, they are scary. Like yeah. Invasion of Earth, they are scary. Um, not as scary as probably how long. not. That probably fucking serial goes on for Probably though. not until Genesis again are they frightening, and even then, uh, that's not because of them. That's because of the growing threat of them. Power and
0: evil, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what sinister. we can, what we can really absorb. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, actually, I've like said it in power very yes. much so. Um,
0: evil, I'm not as familiar with. So, but from what I've seen of it, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Well, yeah, the fact that they they stage a trap specifically for the Doctor. Yeah. And the idea of time travel through static and mirrors, and, and they sort of take the the Victorian and the Victorian well, Victorian dam and everything hostage. I
0: think that's also the part first. of their
1: ploy. Trouton makes them scary in that. In, in episode two, I think it is one of the surviving ones, yeah. When he's talking to them, he's like, "They said this thing appeared and from the you know the, their time machine, and it, it, we had to listen to it." And, and Trouton's sort of like, "What did it say?" And you can see on his face, he's like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, yeah. Like he's realizing what it is. Oh, and by the time so it good. appears, he looks frightened and he's trying to remain stern but he can't oh man I should watch some Trouton. yeah I, <laughs> I mean, should watch them. But the but but like, but they, some Patrick Troughton. but they don't feel like a, a threat again really until like Revelation yeah. Re- and, and stuff where they, where they start to get then, creepier and some more. of that
0: threat is stymied by the fact that the production values on the show at that point are starting I mean, to the toilet in 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 um, in Reve- uh, Resurrection Resurrection
1: this, yeah they feel like a threat just because it's like the highest body count in the show that that, that, that that scene when they bought the ship and just yeah. fucking kill everyone.
0: Mm.
1: It's brilliant. Yeah. But Dalek, like you say, had to grab the pop culture by the lapels. Yeah. And go, so, hey, no, look, this is the Dalek. This is frightening. We're not going to ask you to take it seriously. We're going to ask you to just watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And just, oh God. Oh, when it hits, when it hits the sprinkler system and then uses like an electric shock mm. and kills everyone on that floor in one go. And when it, the first time it swivels. Yeah. Fuck me, side yeah. In a way that makes you go, why have they never done that before? That's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's really smart. And
1: just the last scene, where it's, the humanity's invaded it enough that it understands, it knows it's dying, or it, it knows that it can't exist because it just exists to kill. Yeah. And it feels the so that bit so because it's the first time you see it proper. This creature, yeah, and you feel sorry for it. in And that again, moment. that updated design is brilliant. Oh god! And and again, they've they've played with it. And, and that design as a template they've used so well in like resolution mm-hmm. in Evolution of the Daleks, especially when you see Dalek sex mutant. That is hideous. I think resolution that green big yeah. version. It's
0: like oh god! I think resolution is it's a Dalek car a... and its broken casing, just twitching. Resolution is, a, oh. is similar to this episode in the fact that it kind of had to do a similar thing. Not on the same scale. Yeah, but it had to reinvent them. It, it, it so had to reinvent rogue. them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it did... Uh, the, 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 even even down to the fact that it had... Even down to the, the, the updated version of the scene where it just kills everyone. Yeah. Oh, God. Where it just, the junk Dalek takes yeah. everyone out. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Well... Shall we hit up some honourable mentions? Quick, Yeah, some, quick stuff, stat to, some stuff that
0: didn't make our top tens. Um, but we loved so much that ones. we
1: considered them. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to just rattle through these nice and quick. Hit me, baby. Uh, Unquiet Dead. Yes. Great, again. Great bottle, bottled up distillation of an era of Doctor Who and what the show can be and why it's so great. That's what
1: they were. Illusions. Um, Callow, uh, a guest turn. Eve Miles, oh,
0: Of course. All Mr the, Sneed. All the stuff... Pity that, the Gelf. Oh, God, it's so good. All the stuff that you've mentioned that I haven't. Um, <laughs> I can't return that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't forgive the last two minutes of having Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you can. Yes. I, I, it was it was a close one. Um, again, some more, lovely stuff in season five. Uh, I really like Good Man Goes to War. Um, yeah, I've got a huge soft spot for that, actually. When the show gets epic again but well, that's the
1: problem it builds um, up a momentum that's never returned in the second half of series six yeah. but there is something about good man goes to i War. find it hard oh god the captain runaway um bit colonel uh, the captain the colonel runaway uh, yeah yeah like i we well, he gets angry and he's like i no, i i want you i want you to run away because i want them to call you captain a uh, colonel runaway i want children to point and laugh outside of your house for decades to come because that's the home of colonel runaway and it's like, oh my God. But you see the anger yeah. behind it because it's sort of like the very kind of silly threat. But then he says like, and if you think, yeah, because if you think ever getting between me, getting to me through my friends is ever a good idea. And you just sort of see him stop and he's like, oh, oh I'm
0: angry. And you see Smith yeah. played Bottled Rage
1: so well. Smith
0: is a very good doctor. And I'm he's sad that He's a phenomenal I, doctor. And I'm, I do miss him. <laughs> I find myself missing him quite a bit. I'm sad that I couldn't put more of his stories <laughs> in my shortlist even. Yeah. Because after... After um, Arthur Darvill and, and Karen Gillan leave, it just goes to shit. Even even, to
1: dr- shit. even during their run, there's um, some duds, the I, massive duds. But, I but those three are so enjoyable to watch
0: together. There's one that I'm, I was briefly considering and mm. that it made it onto my short list, and then I was like, no, nah, I can't, I can't put this on because it's just not good enough. I like the I like the ideas in it, but I can't, Go on. it's just not. It doesn't stick the landing. Uh, Rebel Flesh, almost people.
1: Yeah. It turns a lot of people off
0: that story, but I, I, really I, I, like I, it. I do
1: enjoy when I when I re examined that third time team that I was like, no, there's
0: a lot like, to like the, in the this. The concept of it is brilliant, I think. And the idea of these of the gangers and them just being disposable labour that realise that's what they are. It's a nice biological twist on the whole robot revolution idea. Yeah. Um and I love the design of the of the sort of it's the it's those features that then just sort of like liquefy. It ends up looking goofy a bit in execution, but I love the idea of it. No,
1: no, the gang is not look goofy. The freaking child doing the dance is like does the is happy dancer. He gets happy, and then you see the kid on the on mm. the hologram message, and he's like it's just really bad yeah oh god mm. like you get the sense bless Um, it bless him I hope he had fun and I hope he's happy to be a part of it but you do get the sense that it wasn't a child actor it was just like a kid of someone on the crew yes it's just Uh, really bad (laughs) But um, <laughs> I forgot about that so yeah it's got issues the gang of doctors would oh, do you like a jelly baby and you have that moment of oh fan service but subtle nice yes and the brown shoes thing and the fact they switch them over and, and yeah. yeah there's some great stuff
0: in there I I, I like that too the acid
1: in the but environment around them yes. oh, yeah.
0: that's the uh, but that's the last oh. like that 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 and the good man goes to war because they kind of lead into each other well the problem the problem with that is again
1: like having said the last two minutes of the rebel flesh um, or the almost the people. Almost people the almost people. Second two. part, yeah. Yeah, the almost people. The final two minutes shits all over everything you've just watched mm. because gangers are people, and then he blows up the Amy one. Yeah, you're like fuck off show, yeah. but you know that was a that was a case of that was Moffat's arc and stuff, and no one put their head down long enough to go hang on. This contradicts everything we've
0: just spent two weeks yeah, yeah, doing. Yeah. It's so strange. And it's, 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 it's little things <laughs> like that, that. I just couldn't put it. I just couldn't justify putting it in. Um, Mummy on the Orient Express mm-hmm yeah and probably capaldi's best along with heaven sent thin ice as well nearly went on there thin ice is fun as well again uh, the villain is just a racist
1: yeah <laughs> that's, not his main, that's not his main plot but he, but, he yeah, says a racist thing and the doctor digging. just decks him
0: in the face <laughs> a great moment fucking great moment oh um, i've been too pc if you think that you're probably a bit racist yeah i, I love when the doctor just goes like Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it's so all they
1: say, like, don't get angry at him. We are out of t- We are in a time where this they're going to say things to you. You can't, yeah. you can't react like that. You just can't. <laughs> fucking and then dead. he can't help himself.
0: Himself um, straight. Uh I, got, I, I really liked Series 11, so I got a few on my shortlist. I nearly put Resolution on there. I mm-hmm. nearly put Demons of the Punjab on there. Yeah. And I yeah. very nearly put The Witchfinders on there. Because that <laughs> shit is my jam. Fucking... Witch trials, creeping supernatural stuff, mud, ba- uh, fucking mud zombies, and uh, Alan Cummings, like it's talking with King James. Oh, it's so good! It's, it's so wonderful. Christmas. Um, <laughs> uh, so that nearly went out though. So that's 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 my nearly list. Um, um, <laughs> my honourable mentions are uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Yeah, that that was didn't quite remember my short list but I was thinking about it
1: because the, the opening premise is great and then the reveal of it being a monster from earlier in yeah. the series it's all finding the... its way to escape the world that that story set on is a cool idea but then the the, the sphere reveal of what's inside That's at the end of part one good. was spine chilling stuff when it happened yeah yeah and then Russell T Davies gives us something that young fans of the show or fans who have been young at some point of the show have always wanted to see. Oh yeah. We finally get to see the Daleks and the Cybermen interacting. But not only that, he makes them bitch at each other. And yes. it's some of the... Because it's it's a bit like, oh damn! It it's a your, mama,
0: it's a your but, mama fight.
1: But it works so well. It's just like, what's it? Oh, it's it the whole like, you... Um, it's not you, extermination, it's pest control. control. Yeah, you know, because yeah, it's, it's, it's the build that. It's just like, we number like one million Cybermen. How many are you? Four. You would defeat the Cybermen with what? Four Daleks. We would defeat the Cybermen with one Dalek. <laughs> you are better in only one respect. What is that? You are better at dying. <laughs> You declare war. This is not war. This is pest control. Oh, it's like, so good. oh my God, Russell, you made them bitches. It's and I love so it. good. I love it so much. And again, the, the ending payoff is great. If you are invested in series two, the ending payoff is really nice. And how are you not invested in series two? No, but for those who are put off by the soppy relationship, like it, it's all because of Doomsday. It's there to make you think, oh, look at them all happy. Go look oh no no don't no, no don't tear him apart no 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 don't do this rose is our main character no, what's going on and then and then and, and it establishes oh, yeah. the thing that the russell era did phenomenally which was every series ended with a cliffhanger for christmas um which again the cliffhanger at the end of series two yes is great just it's all yes. sad and there's hang on is that sketch comedy actor katherine tate <laughs> In a ah! in a gown, the fuck is going on? It was yeah. great. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rose because it brought the series back. It did it beautifully. It's a wonderfully written pilot. It's a fantastic fifty minutes of television. Wilson's dead. Um, it's it's just got so
0: much pizza. <laughs> Does anybody want this champagne? <laughs>
1: oh god don't think that's going to stop me. And then the man screams on the table. <laughs> and the best part about that, and it, it's, it's a really shrill scream. And the best part about that is I've not got the book here, it's over everything. In the script, Russell writes, um, The head opens its eyes, don't think that's gonna stop me. The man on the table behind screams. (laughs) It's a a brilliant bit of like Russell's sort of Uh, I'm gonna No, that's obvious. I'm gonna make that slightly different. I'm gonna make that slightly different. And and that's what was great. We all saw the images of the show going in, and I imagine you as a fan of the classic run saw what Eccleston looked like, and you were like, I bet you I bet Tell me if I'm wrong, wrong, but I bet your first instinct when you saw an image of the Ninth Doctor was, is that it? A little bit. Yeah. That 45 minutes. Grabs anybody with any doubt and go, makes you go, "All right, fair enough." Yeah, this actually makes no sense. This actually makes a lot of sense. This is him, and again, character-wise, as the series goes on, you realise, yeah, he's trying to blend in. He doesn't want to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. He's committed double genocide. He doesn't want people to even think about him. Um, turn left.
0: Yes. See, I Catherine love me- takes I love hour a in the dark show. alternate world. Mm. and um, the fact
1: that and the fact that it drags the spin-offs into it too. Yeah. This episode kills the cast of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. It kills them. Yeah. It kills Torchwood. Yeah. Um it provides something which Doctor Who didn't really do very much of within its own canon. It does it with history, but not within its own canon. It gives us what ifs. Yeah. Doctor Who what if and it's phenomenally done. You find out the effects of the invasions without the doctor's interference. It'll um, go well. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just it's it's so well done. It's I love it. I love turn left. It's amazing. And again, it's seen as a like Utopia. It's a gentle part one of three technically. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's done so well. And again, like acknowledging back to it's it's my god. It it legitimizes the threat of the trickster from sarah jane Mm -hmm. because when the wedding of the wedding of sarah jane smith happens the doctor confronts the trickster because he's like he confronts him because because he's trying to obviously make sure that sarah jane's saved and that the day saved yeah that trap doesn't happen but he's like i've been after you for a while i've been trying to find you you've been you've you know you've you've attacked my friends before like one of your brigade and you find out that the fucking beetle and the woman and everything they're part of a the trickster's grander plan Mm the plot of turn left happens in terms of what happens to donna because of something going on in the spin off
0: back when we the, actually the act- had a doctor who expanded universe that, that was, was worth done a shit. beautifully yeah. yeah
1: back before it was trendy to have expanded universes yeah. they were doing it really well yeah. um and also it's the the actress who's the, the fortune teller is the same actress who played Chantho mm. in the series three finale. So she gets to play out of the makeup, which is something they should do more of. Yes. They should use their actors. Like if they want to reuse an actor, but you know, like, Oh, we can't have you in it multiple times. Give him a monster part. Yeah. McKellen was a voice in the snowmen. Fucking bring him on camera now, oh, please. Yeah. Like you can do this. Oh, Michael yeah. Sheen was a voice. Bring him in. Um, please do. The Unquiet Dead. Because of course. Because of, because of course. Um, the Empty Child and the Doctor Dances yeah. into my honourable mentions because it's a phenomenal two parter. It yeah. is in my, to yeah, my probably... money to my money, it is Moffat's finest hour on the show. We can probably put that whole first series in. Yeah. It, it gave it gave nightmares to a generation of kids who discovered Doctor Who that yeah. year. Um Are You My Mummy is now something that people hear and go, ugh The Christmas Invasion. I'll stand by the fact I think it's the only Christmas special that has really worked. Like they're all very good in their own um... ways, apart from last Christmas and the return of dr mysterio
0: and, and most of the husbands of Song, and i don't like a christmas carol either
1: i like a christmas carol but i'll tell you why all the
0: Doctor in the, the Ward. i'll tell you
1: why oh uh, yeah that too okay right there are only a few christmas specials that work <laughs> I, I like i like a christmas carol because i think a christmas Carol's the only one i think a christmas carol the only one that feels like it's a christmas special
0: oh <gasps> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you.
1: And I kind of like it because of that. I also really like Gambon's performance, Smith's performance, and uh, the music and the use of Catherine Jenkins isn't weird to me. I, I really enjoyed how they did it. Um, but I, I, I can get I can get why people don't like it. I like the fact that it's it's called a Christmas Carol, and you're like, really? And the plot of it is A Christmas Carol, simply because the doctor thinks, oh, shit, I want to do that. And it yeah. works. It's like, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess. So, but I, I like Christmas Carol, but whatever. Runaway Bride is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, freaking Sarah Parrish is the Empress i oh, Fucking oh, having a God. whale of a time uh, end of time part one I suppose counts event but... television event telly the next doctor event television not the stri- it's definitely the weakest of that run of the tenant era Christmas specials the dead
0: no I mean the Christmas specials. oh right well wasn't that the first like special special
1: Uh, Yeah, Next Doctor is the first of the specials, but it was a Christmas Christmas episode. But again, great performance from David Morrissey and some cool ideas in there. Yes. Um, Voyage of the Damned. I love that the more I revisit it. It's got some bad elements. The Jesus metaphor shot of him being lifted by angels is horrendous. Yes. But there's some great stuff in there. Um, Yes, that is. Namely, the fact that the only survivors out of your supporting characters, aside from um, uh, Mr. Copper, is the arrogant dick. Like all the yeah. nice people die. It's like, this is kinda of different. And Kylie Minogue's great in it. Um and it's I'm the first appearance of, of Wolf. Although we don't know he's Wolf yet, mm-hmm. but it's Bernie Cribbins. Mm-hmm. Um but Christmas Invasion is the only one where I'm like, yeah. that's the one that yeah. I like I like revisiting a yeah. lot. And it's because it's Rose proving what she's learned over year one. She's dealing with it. Yeah. Harriet Jones defying our expectations and maybe not being the stable person like all politicians um the 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 sycorax are a great monster idea the idea of is an essentially cheap voodoo putting the world at a standstill yeah and when tenant finally arrives in full throttle for that last 10 minutes yeah it's glorious it is glorious it's so nice. It is. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's oh god. I love I love Christmas Invasion. I really, really do. Um Day of the Doctor, gets an honourable mention. Because again, Because it's the, the, the ninth anniversary special. And to be fair, there is a lot to enjoy on revisits. Yes. There is a lot in there that works. But the Five Doctors Reboot is the, reboot is the
0: superior anniversary episode. So. Five Doctors
1: Reboot and Adventure of Space and Time are the main cool things we got out of that 50th year yeah but day of the doctor uh and stick night of the doctor in the front of it because why not yeah. if you've got it on the dvd extras may as well watch that and then may watch as the well special. may as well um day of the doctor's got some really cool stuff in there uh and resolution because i really enjoyed it when i revisited it to show mm. it to lucy when i got back she missed it over crimbo the crimbo period um i really like i really like the body horror and creepy tension of it all yeah um I think the one-off Dalek is a cool idea. The junk Dalek is great. And I I hate the fact people lose up with it all right now. It's like, no. no, You didn't watch the fucking episode, did you? It's bits of a Dalek armor. It's bits of a Dalek (laughs) armor. And scrap metal turned into a Dalek casing. It's a one-off Dalek, and it's for a one-off Dalek, and so far the only animatronic Dalek prop. Like, for a one-off,
0: pretty damn cool. Because I can't see him using animatronic Dalek props going forward because it's just Ooh. so much fucking... Well, the only work. reason they did it
1: for this is just because they wanted it to look so hodgepodge yeah. that it had to be that kind of thin in the middle and you yeah. can't fit a person in that. No, you cannot. So,
0: makes sense. Not even Doug Jones. Not even Doug Jones. <laughs> That'd be a tall-ass e- Dalek. Yeah, he's too expensive anyway. <laughs> uh, right. should we? Should we get to your number one? Well, let's break biscuit. Break the biscuit. And get to number one. Um...
1: And I think, based on time, because it's quite late, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that we'll, we'll have a look at everyone's responses next week. We'll open next week with everyone's emails. Okay. Um, before we get onto to next
0: week's main topic. Yeah, give you more time to send them in as well.
1: Yeah. Which could be a terrible film. We'll see.
0: Anyway. Mm. Um, Our number
1: one. Yes. For me, the number one Doctor Who story in the modern era of the show. Some are going to call me Bias, but fuck it. It's Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways to me. Okay. I don't think this is necessarily the best story. It is not. Or even the best finale of the modern run. It is not. But. But. Character stakes. Yes. The character arc of what's going on for those individuals.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: The show being a cultural touchstone at the time of release. Yes. Tapping into the pop culture in a way that is very knowing. So it it doesn't come across as pandering. It comes across as as mocking and loving at the same
0: time. This is what made the idea of Doctor Who as event television Hmm. a a moment in, yeah. in TV history a moment, that, uh, that that gap uh, before everything went online yeah where terrestrial on transmission television was a a a must mm. of your, you had to plan your fucking weekend around it yeah you had to plan your weekend around when Doctor Who was on because of this two-parter yeah. and that cliffhanger at the end of Bat-Wolf
1: the way that the story opens on such a jovial odd oddball. Yeah, I think I think for uh, me tone that seems a little creepier as it goes on, and then by the end of episode one, you're like, This is the highest the stakes have
0: been in yeah. this show so far. For me, the game show <clears throat> framing of Bad Wolf. Mm, the game station it's, stuff. It's yeah. a good idea, but it's it's a it's a little ropey. And it hasn't aged well because it's no, so full. It, it is
1: very much a time capsule of um, that time. But but I think for me that that one for me as a viewer yeah, yeah. Of, of this series because I fell in love with it on broadcast. Yeah. So because of that, yeah. when I see that stuff, I and this is why I admit that it it's not probably the best finale. Um it does it takes me back to watching it and going, Holy shit. Like Big Brother's on like tomorrow night on channel four and yeah. here's a future version of it. With Davina's voice, uh, it looks like Big Brother. The Weakest Link is still having new episodes at this point. <laughs> Holy shit, here's yeah. a version of The Weakest Link. This is so strange. And I'm loving it. But <laughs> not only that, to take a mid-series highlight where an episode proves that Screaming Pepperpots one on their own is a threat that could wipe yep. out the population of planet Earth and you believe it by the end of the episode? Yeah. This episode ends with... Oh yeah, that was scary, wasn't it? Now here's 10,000 of them. Yeah. Enjoy watching everyone you've just met in part one get massacred in part two. Yeah. Because again, it introduces you to characters who may not be likeable, they may not be memorable fully beyond Linda with a Y. <laughs> um, but you fear for everyone the moment the Daleks start arriving. That cliffhanger to Bad Wolf. They survived through no. me. The speculation amongst fans yes. that week was nuts. It's like, Is it a Dalek Emperor? Is it Davros? Like, what is it? Like, what the hell is that voice? That That story's take on the Emperor of the Daleks. The fact that it's become... <laughs> it, it, it's developed a god complex... Because it survived the Time War. Yeah, It believes it was chosen for a higher purpose. And the Daleks become more dangerous for two reasons. One, religion. Like they begin to worship the Emperor Dalek... And yeah. obey its word. So it's no longer the Dalek mission yeah. in general... It's them obeying him. It's a, it's a holy war. It's a crusade at this point. Yeah, that's yeah. terrifying. But also, they're not all Dalek mutants.
0: Well, they are, but they don't, that's not where they came For from. For a
1: good, like, I think this establishes like 100 years between. A long time, yeah. Between uh, the events of Long. I think it's 500 years between the events of Long Game and Bad Wolf. Yeah. For Satellite 5, which becomes the Game Station. Yeah. Which is, again, a great idea. They use the threads of the series to help sew this story. Yeah. Um, in a narrative that works on its own, but is a beautiful payoff if you've stuck with all 13 episodes. Uh, the Game Station has been. Like, contestants get supposedly killed. And Earth has just got used to that. They're like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Which is, again, a frightening modern thing. that does happen. We get used to things. We go, yeah, that's normal. There's a reason why a bunch of politicians and journalists and and anchors and comedians in the States keep saying, call out everything Trump does. It's because they know if you don't, eventually you're just going to go, oh, there he is again. Yeah. And it'll just be normal. It's not normal. It shouldn't be seen as normal. In this universe, people have just got used to the idea that, oh yeah, if you're on a game show and you get it wrong, you die. And the only people who seem spooked by that are the people in it, because they're finally in it, and they're like, oh God. Watching it, they don't give a fuck. They enjoy it. They eat that mm. shit up. It's gross and frightening on its own. But then you find out the people that have died, haven't been died, they've been transmitted to a facility where they are mutated and tortured and turned into new Dalek mutants. Oh, not even
0: that. He uh, The Dalek Emperor implies that they just get mulched and used as raw... Bio material for growing new Dalek mutants. Yeah, and that we're at that point now where it's
1: not the mutated people of Scaro anymore. It's them spreading like, well, yeah. we're going to make more of us.
0: But it, and it's just
1: we are imperfect, but we hate everything else around us, so we need to be us. Yeah, that's terrifying. And oh god, it's just the, the design of the ship with the Emperor in it.
0: The design of the Emperor.
1: Jack's goodbye when he knows he's probably not going to survive Yeah, and two of the finest performances from Chris and Billy oh. in that series are in these episodes for Billy it's when she's back on earth and she's in, again, we're in the finale and it's that beautiful idea of time travel yeah. as a device Like, yeah. she's like I'm stuck here and he's out there and he's going to die and they're like, it's millions of years in the future, she's like, no, it's happening now it's happening right now. Like he's taught me a, he's taught me a way of life that I didn't understand, but it makes sense. He teaches you a way, a better way of living your life, not because of the journey, not because of the travels, just how you exist, how you interact, how you, be. How you learn, how you be. And it's not fair. But the fact that he this sends so her, he did. sends her and the Tardis off. To, for her to be home, and for the TARDIS to just gather dust on a street corner, yeah. because it'll save her life, and he's about to—that the Delta Wave—he's about to relive his greatest sin. He's about to kill the Daleks and, possibly, then Planet Earth. To get rid of the Daleks, and then he can't bring himself to do it because he can't do it again. Of course, he can't. And he's saved by Deus Ex Bad Wolfener. But on purpose. Again, threads from the series. We yep. learn about the heart of the TARDIS from Bad, from Boomtown. We know that, like, we know what Rose is like as a person. We then learn very quickly she's going to die now. Yeah. And he, because she relieves him of the burden of having to commit that atrocity one more time. Yeah. He sacrifices himself to make sure she sees it past this day. And that kiss is a kiss of not... It's not a lustful kiss. It's not a... There's a romance element to it. Yeah. But it's not a kiss of like, I'm... Kiss me, baby. Like, it's not that. It's... It's a thank you. And he takes on the burden knowing he's now going to die. But it's because she deserves to live. She has saved his life. Yeah. She's also saved the life of everybody on the planet and everyone in the game stage. But she saved his life. And he has to thank her for that. And then... And fucking then, we get the two scenes that give me chills. Well, three. There's the, the one in the ca- the cafe with Rose, Jackie and Mickey. Mm. Which again, in the middle of this big finale, we just cut back to that. And we're back to normalcy. And suddenly it looks so drab. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no mm. pacing and excitement like at the start of Rose where, yeah, she's fed up. But here's her day-to-day. She's here. She's doing this. She's, oh, like, life's all hectic. And it's a grey life. It's grey. And yeah. it's just, oh my God. But there's the cliffhanger episode one. Where he uses a Big Brother catchphrase in a way that isn't corny or cheesy at all. It's full of fucking hope. It's great. It's A little
0: corny, but well, it is great. It's, a it's, it's
1: great because it's a it's not a catchphrase that makes you go, "Oh, Big Brother." <laughs> it's just it, it's just you know it is if you know Big Brother. It, it works. It's a bookend yeah. to the episode, it works. and it also ends the game station element in episode one. Although you get the android popping up briefly, shooting a Dalek to pieces in episode two. Yeah, they rejig probably- it, which is quite cool. You because to be like, goodbye, <laughs> blow up a Dalek. Weird. But it's it's his <clears throat> no. Like, explain this negative. Like, that speech. because yeah. is what I'm going to do. It's like, I'm going to say it was it. I'm going to fly into the Dark Fleet. I'm going to save Rose Tyler. um, And then, just to finish off, I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky. But you have no plans. No, is it? No weapon. Yeah. No, uh, whatever. No plan. He's like, yeah doesn't that just scare you to death? And you see them notably being a bit unnerved by it. Notably being unnerved. And then his regeneration scene.
2: Yeah,
1: Christ, I love it. If the show yeah. had not been renewed, that still would be an amazing scene to end on. Yeah. And it would have been a wonderful what if. Like, oh, David Tennant. Isn't he that lad from Casanova? That would have been good.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but that regeneration scene is excellent. And it's one of the few generations where he dies with a smile. He dies positively. He accepts yeah. it. Third Doctor dies unplanned, but he does it into he to sacrifice he sacrifices himself intentionally for the right thing and all whole stuff with the spider and that's and everything. It,
0: partly his personality
1: as and, with... and his last words are trying to comfort Sarah mm-hmm. Jane and he passes away before he can finish it but he, he he dies in a positive way yeah and it's really nice and it makes that one stand out the fourth Doctor sort of comes to terms with his death as it's happening yeah and he sort of does a similar thing um the ninth Doctor is the, is the warmest to me yeah because he basically thanks her. And then tries to prepare her as best as he can in this moment of sort of delirium and, and happiness and and acceptance. He tries to explain to her as best he can what's about to happen.
0: And, and it's an goodbye. inexplicable thing. How do you explain it? Yeah.
1: yeah. I might have, was it? I might have two eds. I might have no ed. <laughs> Imagine me with no ed. Don't say that's an improvement. It's just like, it's so sweet because, again, as a classic viewer, you're going, oh, God, like, I can't wait. But at the same time I'm really sad because I really like him and he's so happy now. Like he's found himself and
0: mm-hmm. and just the
1: just tenants first moments. It's glorious. I love that. That's my favourite New Who story. Bad Wolf and Pine of the Ways. Nice. It gives me chills. And you know. Elaine from Tracy big <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Watson. Yes. King. Yes. Of the uh, The Nine Realms. Yes. Heir to the Throne of Jotunheim. Yes. All these things. Snooker player. More. No. (laughs) Porn star. Never that. Snooker porn star player. Possibly. Pimp. No. What is your number one modern Doctor Who? Well,
0: I can't go into as much... um... I can't go into as much detail with this story as you did about Bad Wolf and Parting in the Ways. Uh, partly because oh. you've already mentioned it.
1: Fuck! I'm looking down my list and trying to figure it out. Holy
0: shit, holy shit. Um, it takes my love of horror, of um, of situations with conflicting personalities in enclosed spaces and frictions oh. that causes... It takes simple character work and it turns it into a riveting episode of television with a great premise. And it doesn't talk down to you. It doesn't over explain things. It leaves things ambiguous enough to the the point where you don't know if you're satisfied by the ending. You're just glad that the characters you care about are out there. It's, it's midnight.
1: Oh my god! I, you know what? I am delighted to learn this. Midnight is your favorite episode of Modern Doctor Who, yeah, Dude.
0: because it's so tight, and home. it's yeah, it's it's the the ambiguity, the ambiguity of what the creature is, <clears throat> and even what it wants. Mm. Like you know, it wants to get rid of the doctor so it can. survive, survive, but but what does it want next? Yes, you don't know what it wants after that. What's it going to do? And you know it's
1: malevolent. Like, you know it
0: starts to sort of enjoy... It's cruel. Yeah. It is cruel. Uh, uh, But you don't know what it... There's no... There's no info dump. There's no there's, there's there's legends of a thing that lives in the things and that takes yeah. your fucking so. No, it's just it just happens.
1: Everything we need to learn about it is told through Leslie Sharp's face. Yes, and mannerisms. Yes, that's all we know about it. Incredible, she's yes. great in it. Oh god,
0: it's it's a hell of an episode of TV. It is. Just wonderful. Can you imagine what the rehearsals must have been like, trying to nail that speech pattern? I imagine they would have been a joy to watch. Yeah, a, a fucking excruciating to actually rehearse. Yeah, <laughs> but jo- because, like you say, it's a flight. Yeah,
1: it's it's it is it is it is sold by the actors, not by yeah the um the visual effects or the soundtrack per se. Obviously, all these things play into it. Set design and everything, but it's completely sold
0: by its performers. Yeah, what's riveting about it is the <laughs> paranoia it induces, and that feeling of unease. Mm. And that's a wonderful. That's one of the things I like so much about like genre TV, be it sci-fi or or fantasy with a horror bent, mm. or even straight up horror. It's that feeling of unease that something's wrong that you can't quite get your your foot in. There's just something about this. Situation which isn't right, and I can't. And you come out of it, and even though you're fine, you don't know if you'll ever be right again because mm. you, you, everything's just been so shaken. Of course, it, the show being the show, it, it doesn't have that effect on the characters going forward. He's shaking it off. Never Next time you see him, because, but that's it's an ongoing serial show. But when you take those stories, the standalones, <clears> yeah, to live in isolation, <laughs> the survivor of a situation like that the survivors if there are any is never really going to be okay again because mm-hmm. of what they've just had to go through so it's all the other characters that, that 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 go through that are just broken forever by what they by what they've had to go through and it's
1: i mean Christ it the day is literally saved because at the last second yeah. the stewardess makes the call She's, she sacrifices herself because she know it's like she starts to see the way he's acting and it's like, it's done something to him.
0: It's selflessness. It's
1: definitely that. It's, it's not him, it's her. It's like, the selflessness
0: a... and strength of character that he inspires in other characters. Yeah. That is also one of the uh, most brilliant aspects of the Doctor as a character. What they can do for the people that they encounter. How they can help them elevate themselves above the uh, the ordinary, the mediocre. They bring out the, the exceptional parts of a person's personality.
1: Mm. But then even even sort of the tragedy around that, I'm just looking at the cast list. The, the hostess is played by Ricky Iola. Mm-hmm. And in the thing, her character is literally called Hostess. Does it get a name? Because that's the thing. In the episode, they make the point of someone saying, does anyone know her name?
0: No, we know the name.
1: And it's just like... It's nameless. Oh my God! It's so morbid! I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I'm so delighted that's your number one. I really am. Midnight is fucking great. Some good telly. Fuck. Well. Some of you have already been in touch. Yeah, as I say, we're gonna save it for next week. A couple week. of
0: emails. We'll open up next week with some uh, with some of your new who top 10 Which
1: gives you time hits. if you if you haven't written yours yet and you want to to send them in. Yes, yeah, so, so we've got a couple so but get them in, get them in. We'll 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 do a bunch of them next episode. Big at gmail.com. That's Contact at gmail.com. Yes. Nil forget us on Twitter at Big Um you can catch adventures in backlogging live and archived, uh not just on YouTube, but live on Twitch. Live at, on Twitter, Twitch, yeah, TV slash big den stream. Um, by um, the time
0: you are hearing or watching this, I will have started Aliens Colonial Marines. Yeah, you'll have finished Yacousa, so, yeah. I've finished Yacouser already. Yeah. Yeah, it's done. My God. Um as of recording this. So that's already up and, and live as we're recording this. But <laughs> to um, Aliens Colonial Marines. Aliens Colonial Marines Sword. tomorrow morning for me. Ooh You poor <laughs> poor man You poor man, you poor, poor man. We're gonna find out exactly what that's like. Um so yeah. I'll, I'll see you then. See y'all then, team. We'll see you next week. You'll hear us next week. Well, there is that, I suppose. That's
1: how this works. It's a podcast. It's a
0: toadkeist.
1: How do I turn this off?
2: (laughs) Ah, it's working. Broken. Um.